mmcartage.com to apply. Keep it locked on Kentucky Alice, only locally owned sports talk, 1450 and 96.1 FM, the Big X Sports Radio, WXVW, Jeffersonville. Hi, this is New Albany Mayor Jeff Gahan. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish New Albany and the Bulldogs the best of luck this season. It's going to be a special season. Thanks for making New Albany proud. We have a lot to be proud of here in New Albany, most importantly our schools. The citizens of New Albany and Floyd County are investing $87 million to make our public schools even better than before. Our students will be safer, and they'll even have a greater opportunity to reach their potential. Come see for yourself why the city of New Albany is where you should be. Kratz Sporting Goods is Southern Indiana's team sports specialist and is your local Adidas team product dealer. Kratz specializes in outfitting your team, organization, club, or business in apparel, hard goods, and accessories from Adidas and many others. Kratz offers fundraising opportunities for your team, organization, or club through online web stores. Let our friendly staff get you started today by calling 812-282-5400 or visit and shop at our website at kratzsports.com. Honey Baked Ham in New Albany is the perfect spot for a healthy alternative to fast food. They provide a variety of freshly made sandwiches, as well as salads and delicious soups. And you can dine in or take it to go. They also have many dinner options such as ham, turkey, frozen sides, and desserts, which provide a complete meal. Catering is also available for small groups or large gatherings. Call Honey Baked Ham today, 812-941-9426, or visit them, 3602 Northgate Court. Suite 23 in New Albany. Charge fans, earn your master's in business analytics from the University of Louisville in just 13 months. Our expert faculty are experienced in the industry and the classroom, combining high-quality coursework with hands-on practical experience. With paid internship opportunities, professional networking, and real-world high-impact learning, you'll gain the knowledge and skills needed to advance your career. To get started or learn more, visit business.louisville.edu backslash MBA today. Home comfort is not just about the temperature in your home, it's also about the quality of air you breathe inside your home. AirServe can help you and your family breathe easier. You can have less allergies, less sinus issues, and kill mold and bacteria inside your home. Call AirServe and we can conduct a free safety inspection with a tune-up for only $69. Remember, stay warm, stay comfortable, stay AirServe. TJ Walker here for Shady Rays. Dropping a lot of money on sunglasses always seemed crazy to me. I'd wear them a few times, I'd lose them or break them. That's why I'm so glad I discovered Shady Rays. Polarized shades at a great price that you can try for 30 days risk-free. And even if you lose or break them, they'll send you a replacement pair. Plus, every pair you buy goes to fight hunger in America. Go to ShadyRays.com now and place your order. Use promo code BIGX to receive 25% off. Until about 10 years ago, for any electrical work I needed at my house, I was always calling a different electrician, sometimes for the same job. Things weren't done right and they weren't done on time, but for the last 10 years, Allen Electrical has been the only one I call. The work is unparalleled, it's prompts, the team's the epitome of professionalism. (laughs) You know, when I see an Allen Electrical truck in a neighbor's driveway, I kind of smile because I know they're getting the best. Allen Electrical, your electrician for life. Visit allenelectrical.com. They'll never leave you in the dark. The plumbers, pipe fitters, welders, and HVAC technicians of Local 502's commitment to excellence can be seen in our community every day. The KFC Yum Center, Ford Motor Company, and the Omni Hotel are just a few examples of their professional craftsmanship. 
Local 502 has been part of our community for over a century and invests over $1 million annually training skilled local workers. Members of Local 502 are your friends, neighbors, and children's coaches. For more information, go to lu502.com. Local 502, built on excellence, building a better tomorrow. In five, four, three, two, one. Are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, everybody. It's Tuesday, January 9th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. Coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studio here in very rainy and dreary Louisville, Kentucky. Cards fans, if you want to advance your career without interrupting it, look into UofL's 20-month professional MBA, the program designed for busy working professionals. You can combine the experience of a top-rated program with the convenience of evening classes that accommodate your schedule. Connect with industry experts, expand your professional network, and hone your business acumen. Get started today and earn your MBA visiting business.louisville. Dot edu. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know us better as the Big X. Trevor Kelsey still on uh, his just refusing to acknowledge anything that's happening in 2024. Worked four days and that was enough for him. Sabbatical. Uh, Gary Clark's here running the board. Gary, how are you? I am good. I heard he went to the college football national championship game. He may have. You know, Trevor, you know, he has these, these family trips his family vacations and he comes back and sometimes he just he shocks me he's like hang gliding in the grand canyon things you wouldn't expect from trevor next time i have to uh, renegotiate my contract i'm gonna have him in the room i think i think you i think you need to make that happen uh we've also got matt mcgavick from louisville report one of our favorite guys in studio today talk plenty of cardinal athletics for the next three hours matt how are you Uh oh Uh -oh. am i using the wrong mic check this one is is this one this is the one okay is this the one I believe so. Okay. Maybe testing. Better? We good? Yep. Good? Okay, there we go. How are you, Matt? Doing good. Just wish it wasn't raining so that people in Louisville could actually know how to drive. But, you know, otherwise, doing pretty good. Second straight day we've had complaints about Louisville drivers from somebody on the show. Yesterday, Scooter Dingus was oh, all oh about Oh, my God. Uh, it was bad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like everyone in this city, the moment there's even just a little bit of moisture, they're like, oh, no, no. <laughs> how, how do I do this? Mom, I'm scared. Take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. I was fine. I got over here plenty of time. It was good. It was good. Well, I, I, good I feel you. like I'm always taking up for Louisville drivers. It's Southern Indiana, the ones that are the, are the bad ones. That's, that's it, Louisville's fine. We're good. We're all good here. Mm-hmm. How was the holiday? How's your 2024 been? I know you've been busy. Yeah, it's certainly been busy. Yeah, but holidays was pretty good. It was relatively low key. I mean, it was mostly taken up by you know covering the transfer portal and everything, all the news on that front. Not a, not a lot of basketball news except for you know, the usual just beat downs every couple of days. But you know what? Other than that, it, it was fun to actually cover some. 
some some news on the football front that you know gives you something to look forward to next season. I did enjoy so w- when you announced you, you you put it on Twitter you're doing the show today with me. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and you were like, <laughs> gonna be lots of football talk. And I was like, bless his soul, bless his heart. He's gonna try. We're both going to try. But you know where all roads lead to on this show uh, and every local radio show. We're gonna talk transfer portal and rumors and, and guys that we've added and positions of need and where Louisville fell in the final rankings today, where they're landing in all these early top twenty fives that have been posted over the last twenty four hours. And the first time we check the text line, it's gonna be like, hey man, have you heard anything about Kyle Smith from Utah? <laughs> what do you think about him as a candidate? Uh, you know, it's all roads lead back to the coaching bat. What about Steve Forbes? Steve Forbes. Steve, we talked about Steve Forbes came up yesterday, hearing that he's uh, being targeted by West Virginia. But <laughs> all roads lead back to coaching starts talk, even though we don't <laughs> technically have a coaching starts right now. But there will be plenty of football talk. We will talk a little hoops. Uh, there were a couple of notes on the, the I mean, semi searching front that we can get to from last night. Uh, we want to hear from you, of course, on the Thornton's text line at five zero two four one four. 1450 but the the starting point for today's show I think has to be the final game of not mm-hmm. just the 2023 college football season but it feels like the final game of the most recent era of college football because now everything's changing we've had a lot of sweeping changes in the sport over the last couple of years but none so dramatic as what we're about to go through with a few of the biggest programs the biggest brands in the entire sport changing conferences the Pac-12 disappearing and the college football playoff going from four teams to 12 teams. It all ended last night with Michigan pretty decisive 34-13 victory over Washington. Got that wrong. I I was rooting for Washington. I bet on Washington. Uh, Washington, the offense. It was a bad game for Michael Penix not to show up, although Michigan's Mm -hmm. defense certainly deserves the lion's share of the credit for that. But it was kind of a, I mean, mean, I I believe the most eloquent term I can come up with is lame-ass championship game. Was not overly entertaining until... I guess some moments in in the second half, but Michigan, a decisive victory, which spawned all sorts of think pieces out there. I mean, every every person who has a you, you know byline attached to their name, who has a chance to write about college sports, was begging for the Michigan national championship because that's mm-hmm. the juicier story. And we got all those pieces pretty quickly. But Michigan does win last night. Did you watch the game? Initial thoughts. I, I watched the first half, but I won't lie, I, I fell asleep at halftime. I nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean, the way it had gone over the first, you know. Two quarters, I thought Michigan was just going to really blow away with it, and they ended up doing that. And mainly because I watched that first quarter, and Michigan puts up what 174 rushing yards in the first quarter, or something like that. Like 24 just, total yards, it was nuts. I, I I thought Washington had a chance. I I thought Michigan would win. I but I thought that Washington would make it a tighter game because I I watched the Rose Bowl, I had watched the Sugar Bowl. While I was impressed with Michigan's defense, I was probably more impressed with Washington's offense and how Penix looked against Texas because Tex- the two teams I thought, like, honestly had the best chance to win in this college football playoff was both Alabama and Texas, and I got that completely wrong. So I, I came away extremely impressed with how Penix looked, and then, like, the second that Michigan sent any sort of pressure, I mean, he just kind of collapsed. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I've watched a lot of Washington this season, but, you know, I've, I've seen clips here and there and highlights, and I've I've seen Penix lighting up teams all season long, and I wasn't really led to believe that Washington and Penix was someone who kind of folded under pressure, but it, it was certainly on full display because he did not look comfortable at all. Like he, he got happy feet, he's, he scrambled a lot, and he, he made a lot of uncharacteristic throws. 
he didn't look comfortable. And I know that Michigan fans were very quick when the narrative got out there about like bad game for Michael Penix to be off, bad game for the the Washington receivers to not play their best. You know, they're like, we have look at our defense. They allowed I think ten point five points per game for the season, which mm-hmm. is the lowest uh, defensive total since. Michigan won the title in 97, allowing like 9.8 points per game. So the defense clearly knew what it was doing and deserved some credit for that. But there were a number of plays where you know, Penix had clean pocket, had open guys, and just overthrew them. And I you know, I don't know if it's championship like was, game Was hitters. it in the second quarter that he had that wide open ball to Roman Duzier yeah. and he just whiffed it? That's an easy touchdown Dude's right there. Dude's right down the seam. And you know, a lot of those plays you felt like could have been turning points. And you do. there were a number of plays in the second half, most notably the long pass when it was a one-score game that got called back because of the first holding call of the game, which mm-hmm. ACC refs notoriously do not acknowledge holding, except when they do, which seems to be like one out of every <laughs> eight plays where they just decide we're going to call holding here. Um, I, I did enjoy the the entire country getting the ACC ref show treatment last night. Where it was they, like, who they, are these guys? Yeah, they know now. I tweeted it before the game saying, like, oh, now the whole college football landscape gets to see how bad ACC refs are. And boy, they did not disappoint. The best was the guy last night. I, I retweeted him who was like, you know, I watch Kevin Clark is, is the, the the writer. He said I watch a lot of games officiated by ACC refs. They're not actually capable of of conspiracy or showing favor. They're just always sort of winging it and barely know the rules <laughs> of the sport, which is how we felt the entire season. Yeah, you'd like to think that, that it's something. It, it is sort of like most conspiracy theories where you're like, it's almost comforting for to think that this is something malicious going on right now because they're you want to believe that people out there in the world are capable uh, of rational thought and and you know we can be coordinated enough to do this and then you realize most people just just aren't and it's just pure incompetence yeah. which is you know i think when louisville's had bad calls go against us a lot of times we're like hey, it's it's because we're the the ugly ducklings of the acc the outcast the non-carolina crew and i think sometimes in basketball that's probably true but more times than not it's just because these guys suck at their job yeah you'd almost rather them actually be up to something nefarious behind the scenes so you can point to something and say see see i told you that they were out to get us and when in reality when you find out oh they're just awful you're just like oh, what which is how most things in life are you, you you want this grand explanation of you know th- this is why it's happening there's this crazy sequence of, you know uh, of events going on behind closed doors and this and then you, you you kind of you know every now and then you'll you'll the, the curtain will be pulled back in some way and you associate with people that are kind of in that group and you're like oh they're just as dumb as we are and there's <laughs> there's nothing really going on here but last night michigan i mean dominated the ground in the first quarter then washington's defense really stepped up and, and made it a game in the second half, and instead, uh, you know, it uh, wound up being Washington not being able to get it done offensively. That kind of proved to be the difference. And, and then Blake Corrin getting it loose a couple of times, JJ McCarthy making some plays with his legs and a couple of big throws downfield, allow Michigan to pull away and win this thing 34 13. So, a worthy national champion, just the third 15 0 team in college football history, joining, I believe, one of the Clemson national title teams. And I think it was the 18 Clemson team. The 18 Clemson team. And then I think the LSU team in, yeah. in 2019 was the other 15-0 team. First time Michigan's ever won 15 games in program history. And it is a long time coming for for Michigan, which has been one of the bigger brands in the sport since you know, the advent uh, of college football. And here they are now waiting, what, almost almost 30 years for their in-between in national titles. They get it done. The entire state celebrating the entire college football world, I think, having a different reaction. And this is a Louisville sports-focused show, so we have to bring it back to, to Louisville. And I think a lot of people have made this point before I have, but we don't know what's going to happen when it comes to NCAA punishments in this Michigan team. 
there very clearly was wrongdoing that took place. And I know Michigan has, they've kind of admitted it without admitting it. You know, they, they do this whole thing where it's like, you know, we're suspending Jim Harbaugh, but by God, we know we did nothing wrong. And it's like, you've had multiple suspensions in one year. The man didn't coach six games. And they withdraw their, their lawsuit against the Big Ten. Yeah, the, yeah. It's, a, it's been a lot of big bark, but actions that don't really back up what you're saying publicly. We know that stuff went on. Like it, it, it's it's been proven now that Connor Stallions was involved in this. They fired a different head coach, you know, assistant coach. You don't fire assistants for just no reason in the middle of a national championship season. So, from our perspective, we you look at our case, and I, I think every Louisville fan can agree, can admit that the Katina Powell stuff very gross, very wrong from a moral standpoint. Awful. We deserve to have some sort of punishment, right? We gained, and this is the point that drives everybody, we gained no on-court advantage mm-hmm. from this. And I, I will make this point until the day I die when people talk about the banner coming down. In her book, which I did read. I, I oh, had, God bless. Had to, the night it came out, I mean, Greer and I are, t- I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina for the NC State game, and Greer and I are texting back and forth the details. In her own book, her own words, her own accusations, there's not one Louisville player on the 2013 or 2014 team that is alleged to have like been on a recruiting trip, met these women, engaged in this illicit activity, and then committed to Louisville afterwards. The only players that are you know, that are active players, she mentions Terry Rozier, who committed to Louisville without ever visiting the campus. The only players that were like recruits and involved in this, none of them chose Louisville. So Louisville quite literally gained no advantage from this if you're talking about on-court stuff. And yet, and still, they had a 2013 Final Four and a 2012 or 2013 National Championship and a 2012 Final Four banner ripped away and all those records gone. Michigan, I, it's impossible to argue against the fact that their nefarious behavior led to an on-field advantage. So I don't know how, if the NCAA finds out that, you know, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that this stuff did take place, that you can keep your, your National Championship ring, which is... It becomes the irony of all ironies. We've had Michigan fans for the last 10 years being like, you know. I was just about to say that, yeah. We're the 2013 champions. The block was clean. You guys cheated the strippers in the dorms. And now they're going to have to do the same thing that we did, which is be like, the NCAA's got no jurisdiction here. You can't punish everybody. All this stuff is going to take place, and they're going to have to, to prove to be the hypocrites of all hypocrites if, if they feel like they should not have their national championship taken away. I don't know what happens, but it's definitely going to be a storyline that I'm sure we'll get to the bottom of in like seven years when the NCAA probably doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it, it, It's wild that they went on a championship run and their head coach was suspended for the first three games and the last three games of the regular season. And, and yet they still want to stand on stand from their ivory tower and say, oh, we did nothing wrong, we didn't cheat, or and then it revert, always reverts back to everyone cheats, blah, blah, blah. Right. Come on, guys, you, you clearly did something. One of the best parts of this whole thing, maybe the best part of this whole Michigan deal, is because Michigan fans have done this thing for years and years where it's like, we're big-time college athletics, but we're above the big-time college athletics activity that goes on behind closed doors. We're not. We're Michigan men. We ride on honor and academics. They're kind of like North Carolina before the academic cheating scandal. Mm-hmm. They've done this. And so now, in the last four or five months, when this has come out and more details have come out and they've gotten in trouble for a variety of things— They've had to, to face the reality that they're just like us. Like they're not us, Louisville. Us, the rest of the big time college sports world. You do bleep too, like except Vanderbilt apparently. Except for Vanderbilt, <laughs> which I, I'm going to get to. It's one of the great strays of all time happened today. But Michigan has had to just accept the fact that we're just like everybody else. And 
they're still trying. They're still fighting it a little bit. Like you know, Harbaugh's out there on the stage being like, "We don't. We knew we didn't do anything wrong." And I was We're like, Michigan men. You, you did. You quite. You quite clearly did. Everybody does. You're just like everybody else. It, there was a Michigan fan. I, I think it was like a year and a half ago when NIL was first starting to become a thing, where so, one of the other major programs in college football had a transfer portal guy, or it was either a transfer portal player or a recruit. Who they took a picture of in the in a Lamborghini. You know, Louisville has done the thing where they had the the, the players in the yeah, planes, the, the fancy issues, cars, yeah. and all this stuff. And a Michigan fan was like, "The day I see a Michigan player or recruit in a Lamborghini is the day that I stop cheering for Michigan." And it has like some Michigan man crap. And quite literally, the next week, there was a Michigan recruit that was taking a picture <laughs> in a Lamborghini, and he was like, "I guess I'm not a fan anymore." Uh, like, they, but they've had to do all this stuff, like swallowing their pride consistently. And this is just the latest instance. So, like, this is going to be a thing that that, that drags on. And continues to be talked about, and we'll see what happens with Jim Harbaugh. I mean, there's a very realistic possibility that this is the last game Jim Harbaugh coaches in Michigan. The agent that he just hired a few weeks ago is a guy who specializes in the NFL. There's a whole lot of uh, of talk that he may jump, and this will be kind of his lasting legacy. And he gets out before the the hammer drops, and maybe Sharon Moore, former U of L assistant, does take over as the full time coach. But I mean, the fact of the matter is. No one's really, I think, going to care anymore. Like, like rival fans will do what rival fans have done to us, which is like, oh, I don't see your championship in the record book, and also, but everybody knows that this happened. Everyone knows that mm-hmm. Michigan. We watched the game last night. We're not going to forget the fact that Michigan dominated Washington and went fifteen and zero. And at this point, it's kind of just like, who cares what the NCA does? Like, take yeah. our. We're still going to buy the shirts. We're still going to be the. If you put a little asterisk by our name, so be it. Whatever. Like, yeah. that's dumb. I I, I think that. While, while I do mostly agree with you, I think the, the thing that Michigan went above and beyond and did is that, yeah, everyone still signs to some extent, whether it be in football, basketball, baseball. You're, you're trying to gain a competitive advantage in any way you can within the context of the rules, which, you know, if you try and steal signs from the sideline, that's gamesmanship. Everyone does it. The levels that Michigan took to going to – other opponents' games in person, which what's been outlawed since I think the mid '90s or something yeah. like that by the NCAA, and they did that for not just the context of that season, but for years leading up to that moment. So I, I while I do agree, yeah, I mean everyone does it. Everyone tries to steal signs. Not everyone does what Michigan did. Sure. sure. So I while I, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and dispute the fact that Michigan is the 2024 20, 23 whatever national champion because you and I watched that game and they dominated flat out but it's going to be hard to ignore the in the back of your mind like oh yeah but they did they did do right. that I'll still I'll still think that I'll still say that yeah yeah they won they because they're a really good team but it's going to be hard for a lot of people to just simply ignore like oh but what about that their uh, I'm sure their retort would be you know Connor Stallions was gone midway through the year. Look what we did after he was gone. We were we were just fine. True. And then, you know people were trying to point at, at the beginning, uh, like in late October, early November, people were pointing out how their offense wasn't playing as well post Stallions, and they were putting the stats up there and stuff. And there was it was a there was a marked decline in a guy like JJ McCarthy's. Yeah, production. JJ McCarthy wasn't that good in the regular season right. at all. Like his like numbers post Stallion stuff was uh, they were way down. But Michigan fans will come back and say, look, you, you gave us Alabama. You gave us the SEC champion in the semifinals. We won fair and square. You gave us unbeaten Washington, the only other unbeaten team in the national title game. We beat them by three touchdowns. Like That's what they'll say. And, you know, 
I, I get why Michigan fans will say what they what, what they'll say, but I also get why rival fans will say what they'll say. Mm-hmm. The Brett McMurphy story, and this is going to get into <laughs> what I kind of want to talk about today. The Brett McMurphy story talks about Michigan morality, all this stuff, and I'm just going to read you the big snippet here. He says, nobody knows what penalties await, but everyone has an opinion. If you're a Michigan fan, there's nothing to see here. If you're not a Michigan fan, give the Wolverines program the death penalty, but only after after having a public stoning. Look, an Alabama official told me at the Rose Bowl last week, everyone, and I mean everyone, is stealing signs. Michigan was not the only school doing this. Added an industry source, Kansas basketball cheats more than anyone, and they didn't do anything to Kansas. The only pure thing in athletics is Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt sucks. <laughs> McMurphy then says, that's where college athletics is in 2024. If you're not cheating, you're not trying, or you're Vanderbilt. <laughs> Michigan is no Vanderbilt. The Wolverines left Houston as national champions, but will it be considered a tainted title? I wouldn't say it concerns me, Michigan quarterback Will Johnson said. It's definitely something that everybody likes to talk about. All-time stray caught by Vanderbilt there, mm-hmm. who's just minding their own business. Like, what the hell? Like, you know, we, we're, we're just, we're, we're not trying to get hit with something. Like, what, what's going on here? It's not wrong either. No, the, the, the Kansas basketball thing is something that I've harped on on the radio for, I feel like, five or six years. When I started doing the, the national college basketball stuff and met people and talked to people that are the insiders in college hoops, it was the one thing that kept coming up consistently. Because, you know, I went in there thinking, you know, I've, I've heard stories about Kentucky. I want to know what Cal Perry's doing. I've heard, you know, Memphis always is, is doing stuff and what's going on there. And it, it always came back to when you talk to people, but Kansas is doing way more than anybody else. Like the Zion, before the Kansas and Zion stuff ever got out, because you knew that Zion was was taking all suitors. And he was such a high-profile recruit. Mm-hmm. And everyone would be like, dude, the, the Kansas and Zion stuff is outrageous. The fact that they haven't gotten caught, or the fact that nobody's talking about this, is amazing. So I love that little tidbit thrown in there because it, it seems like it's very true. Kansas basketball definitely cheats. They nothing ever happens to them. They're rolling along. They won a national title a couple of years ago. But the if you're cheating, if you ain't cheating, you're trying. It leads me to kind of what I want to talk about today, which is where Louisville sits right now. It, it we're, we're gonna have to go back to the coaching search. Oh no, Lord, here we go. But Louisville does find itself in sort of a, a a fork in the road as far as where they want to go forward as a basketball program. We have been, fairly or unfairly, stigmatized as all that's wrong in college athletics, right? And it's not just basketball. We, basketball, the chief offender with the, the FBI thing, which we were eventually exonerated, the Katina Powell, which we were not exonerated, and then stuff like Bobby Petrino, Wakey Leaks, which were somehow the only team that's remembered from Wakey Leaks, not like other schools didn't do the exact same thing. But you know, everybody points to Louisville, 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 bad, 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 bad. And we're about to, in all likelihood, be hiring a new men's basketball coach, the flagship program at UofL. And we've had a number of texters come up and, and text in the last couple of weeks and talk about candidates and, and say, you know, what about Will Wade? What about Chris Beard? I think that Louisville now finds itself sort of at a crossroads where it's like winning clearly is the biggest thing right now for this program. The fan base has checked out. People are upset. Louisville basketball has become a national punchline and has remained one for the last three years. You've got to get whoever comes in next to be somebody who's a a proven winner. But how far are we willing to to stretch? Like, like, how far are we willing to just say winning's not just the you know the most important thing; it's the only thing. All those old phrases. Do do you look past 
Chris Beard and, and defend him and say, well, you know, charges were never pressed, all the things that we talked about yesterday. Do you look past Will Wade and say, yeah, he had some runs with the NCAA. Yeah, he was caught on tape very clearly cheating, That's but— Strong-ass offer. You don't, you know, it's not cheating anymore. It, it's just a, it's a, it's, it's, it's coaching room talk. It, it, it's, it's locker room talk. It, it's whatever. Like, it, like, I don't know. I mean, where do you stand? I think in an ideal world, we all would love to have a winning head coach and also somebody that we can feel like we, you know, I'd love to hang out with him. Like we would be great friends. We have the same sort of values. He does things the right way. But the reality is there aren't a whole lot of those guys out there. If we're just being honest, for you personally, I, I think you have said publicly, like you, you don't want any part of Chris Beard. How far are you willing to stretch? I guess the limits of your morality to get Louisville basketball back to where we want it to be. I'll preface what I'm about to say by saying this: I can understand why people want Chris Beard so badly because Louisville is so far gone from their winning ways, and not even just their winning ways being even remotely nationally relevant it's been literal years i mean and it seems like the program sinks to unfathomable lows on a near weekly almost daily basis at this point it does so when you have a guy like chris beard who has had success at texas tech took them to was it the final four of the championship game championship game championship game that's right took them to the championship game had had things rolling at texas and now has things rolling at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. They were they were previously undefeated, but are still you know really good team. You have a guy like that who is a proven winner everywhere he goes. When you are Louisville, and you're so far removed from being even remotely close to a thought in the national college basketball landscape, I can understand people wanting to you know pull back their morality curtain a little bit to allow this i personally don't fall in that category but i can understand why people wouldn't want someone like him so badly because he is a proven winner and i think that if he did come to louisville he would probably get them going right out of the gate but when i have we're going to use will wade and chris beard as sure. an example it's not going to so, go anywhere like we're going to have to talk about this i think for the next two months yeah i know but with will wade I mean, we, we know he did what he did. I mean, he's he's on FBI wiretaps. There's there's no if ands, or buts about or disputing it. He, he straight up said, I've given better offers to worse players before. Exactly. <laughs> Considering the landscape of collegiate athletics now, not just basketball. I mean, you can pay, you can straight up pay players now. Mm-hmm. I I don't have a problem with bringing in someone like Will Wade and his his repertoire and his reputation. Now, granted, I'm I would prefer several other guys sure. before Will Wade, but if it got to that point, I wouldn't be objected to it just because what he did to get himself in the position he is in now, it's legal now in the eyes of the NCAA. Like you, you can do that. I draw the line at Chris Beard because while he is a proven winner, I mean, what he did. I, I, I'm, the details are a little bit fuzzy. I can't remember what how exactly that timeline plays out, but I mean, what he did is reprehensible. Like that, that is not just something to where like, oh, you got caught cheating within the confines of the sport, or you did something that you know people would have an, an issue with when it came to gamesmanship. What he did was, and let's not beat around the bush here. What he did is strike his fiance. Sure, seems like it. 
It sure seems like it. I mean, it, it's one thing if you've got a guy like Will Wade who cheated, but now the cheating that he did is legal. And then it's another thing to have someone like Chris Beard who was charged with a felony to the point where it cost him his job and he had to relocate for another job. That's the, it's not apples to oranges in my eye when you look at these two guys because what they did violates two completely different, I guess, sets of rules is for lack of a better way to explain it. I think it's, it's not just apples to oranges when it comes to those two guys. I think when you're talking about stuff that exists within the – and this is where – I've been amazed at how much the conversation gets blurred over the past five, six years. We've been talking about scandals for like since 2015. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times people confuse breaking NCAA rules with breaking the law. Exactly. Like when, when you were talking about the Jordan Fair stuff and paying players, people are like, he's going to go to jail. I'm like, well, he's not going to go to jail. Like, let's be real. And people went to jail for that that case, but it wasn't because they were – a kid getting money as a college freshman that he wasn't supposed to have based on NCAA rules is not breaking the law. Like, if you give me you know, $10,000 to play basketball, like, I'm not going to go to jail for that. So, so I think people kind of always forget that. But there is a stark contrast between things that exist – rule-breaking that exists within the game and – Law breaking, and I think that that's kind of where I draw the line as well. If you're somebody that's going to get us in trouble, you know, the, the NCS, I think everyone's kind of coming along to where we've been for a long time when it comes to the NCA, where it's, you know, middle fingers up to the NCA, you guys yeah. suck. We can, you know, if, if we were going out there and hiring somebody who's been a brazen rule breaker, I think that that at this point is people are kind of would, would applaud it. Now, some people will do the whole like, oh, Louisville being Louisville thing. But for the most part, people are like, you know, whatever. Nothing matters anymore. There is no policing NCA bylaws. Let's just make it happen. Yeah. But I do think when you do have the stigma that we still have attached to our name, if you go out there and you hire somebody who maybe has a history of a drinking problem or has a history of, you know, acting out in a certain way publicly. I mean, you, you, if you went out and you got Bob Huggins, he did the same thing that he did at West Virginia. Like that's – it's going to be a tough look, and these are decisions that Josh Hurd has to make. Like, how how far are you willing to sacrifice maybe your own personal moral code or your own your willingness to put Louisville in a position where it could look bad publicly again if something takes place two or three years down the line, and everyone can say you had the evidence, it was out there, we told you so. Like, that's these are all decisions he's going to have to make because one, like, he knows the program has to start winning and has to start winning quickly. But I do think that there are candidates out there that. You can avoid kind of having this conversation, having all these think pieces written about publicly. But I do like, like, at a certain point, I think Louisville fans have, we're not of the same mindset that we were 10 to 15 years ago. I know that I'm not. I mean, I remember my dad, my dad who kind of grew up instilling me like, like the value. He hated coaches who did things the wrong way. And, you know, these are the cheater programs and all this stuff. And I remember, I think it was when, it was when Charlie left us, when Charlie Strong left us for, for Texas was when he was like, all right, you know, like, you know, cheating's one thing, but like when it comes to hiring like a-holes at this point, like this is the guy who should have, out of all coaches we've ever hired, had been loyal to us. You know, mm-hmm. we, he was allegedly passed over for jobs because of, of racism and he was, you know, had an interracial marriage and, you know, we're the first program that steps up and extends the olive branch and says, come here, you know, take over our program. We trust you. He kills it here. And then at the first, uh, is like a second opportunity, he bounces for a, for, for a, a bigger job. And so my dad's like, if they're, if nobody's going to be loyal to us, then go out there. Yeah. Bring Petrino back. Get, get the biggest a-hole <laughs> of all a-holes. My dad was like, I don't, I don't care anymore. Like, let's just, let's be in it for us. And I think Louisville fans have kind of come along to that way of thinking, but I do think there's a limit for a lot of people when it comes to just, you know, 
stuff like the Chris Beard situation. Uh, for me, like the Bruce Pearl thing, it's just like oh, just, just being a sniveling weasel behind <laughs> closed doors for years and years and years, and just kind of somebody that I would not want to ever associate with. But you know, if he came here, the, the, the program's bigger than any one man to me, and I've said that when it comes to like you know not putting a coach on a pedestal, and I'll say it when it comes to you know getting over personal gripes that I have with people. If I, if you have to cheer for somebody, you kind of have to cheer for somebody. And it's, it's the way it works, but that's it's sort of the position that we find ourselves in, in this conversation, probably not going away anytime soon. Um, and it's going to, you know, like yeah. rule breakers are going to keep winning titles and, in sports. And, and plus if, if you're Louisville and Louisville's name has been drugged in the mud for years now with scandal after scandal, after scandal, my thing with beard, why would you want to bring on someone who like, before he even sets foot on the court, is there's already going to be headlines surrounding him, with even though it has nothing to do with Louisville. Wouldn't there? There's been so much scandal for so long, and not just within the confines of the Ben's basketball program, just with other various assorted things that have happened over the past decade or so. Wouldn't you want to get as far away from that as possible? Because I, I know you've seen it out there. Fans have scandal fatigue. Yeah, I would think that you would want to get away from things they have, like that. They have scandal fatigue. They have, I think, losing fatigue is overshadowing it, though, at That's this point. Cool, like, yeah. we talked about, like, like Mark Blankenberg put up that poll, which did, the result did kind of surprise me, where he only had four coaches listed. I think it was Cronin, Tang, Beard, and um, uh, Scott Drew. Scott Drew, who's won a national title, never been accused of really any you know, sort of like bad off-the-court behavior. There was a little bit of, of rumors about them taking players that were being paid in the 2000s, but you know we can look over that right now. But Beard won decisively in, in that poll from fans, and I, I think that fans are so desperate to get back to winning that you it, ha- it would have to be a situation where you trust Josh Hurd and whoever is assisting in the hiring process to do their due diligence and discover beyond the shadow of a doubt that nothing really wrong happens here, and it was exactly the, the story that the, 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 the fiancé put out there at the end was exactly what happened. you'd have to just do that and you'd have you'd have to trust them if it took place i mean Ole Miss claimed to do the same thing where it's like we looked into it and he's fine and it was like that was like a, a day-long process which is what duke would always do back mm-hmm. in the day when they yep. had you know you know all these reports out there that like this player you know hey the uh, you know the bagley family went from filing for uh bankruptcy to buying a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar house in two years maybe something happened there and they're like we checked it out it's good and <laughs> You know, you don't want that type of investigation. But Duke has investigated Duke, and Duke found that Duke committed no wrongdoing. They do it constantly, and the NCAA is like, you got it. Good on you. Well, this is how it's done, folks. Everyone do what Duke's been doing. And then we try, and we're like, they're like, no, you, you can't do that. Uh, let's take our first break. When we come back, more of this conversation. I also do want to talk about the transfer portal, the latest additions, the latest rumors coming on the football side of things. The Mike Rutherford Show here on The Big X. and many others. Kratz offers fundraising opportunities for your team, organization, or club through online web stores. Let our friendly staff get you started today by calling 812-282-5400 or visit and shop at our website at kratzsports.com. 
Honey Baked Ham in New Albany is the perfect spot for a healthy alternative to fast food. They provide a variety of freshly made sandwiches, as well as salads and delicious soups. And you can dine in or take it to go. They also have many dinner options such as ham, turkey, frozen sides, and desserts, which provide a complete meal. Catering is also available for small groups or large gatherings. Call Honey Baked Ham today, 812-941-9426, or visit them, 3602 Northgate Court, Suite 23 in New Albany. Home comfort is not just about the temperature in your home. It's also about the quality of air you breathe inside your home. AirServe can help you and your family breathe easier. You can have less allergies, less sinus issues, and kill mold and bacteria inside your home. Call AirServe and we can conduct a free safety inspection with a tune-up for only $69. Remember, stay warm, stay comfortable, stay AirServe. Until about 10 years ago, for any electrical work I needed at my house, I was always calling a different electrician, sometimes for the same job. Things weren't done right and they weren't done on time, but for the last 10 years, Allen Electrical has been the only one I call. The work is unparalleled, it's prompt, the team's the epitome of professionalism. <laughs> you know, when I see an Allen Electrical truck in a neighbor's driveway, I kind of smile because I know they're getting the best. Allen Electrical, your electrician for life. Visit allenelectrical.com. They'll never leave you in the dark. The plumbers, pipe fitters, welders, and HVAC technicians of Local 502's commitment to excellence can be seen in our community every day. The KFC Yum Center, Ford Motor Company, and the Omni Hotel are just a few examples of their professional craftsmanship. Local 502 has been part of our community for over a century and invests over $1 million annually training skilled local workers. Members of Local 502 are your friends, neighbors, and children's coaches. For more information, go to LU502.com. Local 502, built on excellence, building a better tomorrow. Check out Thornton's all-new Southern Style Biscuits, the perfect complement to your morning breakfast sandwich. You will love the buttery goodness that will wake up your taste buds in the morning. Come on in and grab a breakfast sandwich today. Looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction? Well, right now, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. <laughs> Roosters, a fun casual joint. Join us at Roosters every Monday, all day, for the boneless wing special. Only 79 cents each. Roosters has salads, wings, sandwiches, pizzas, and all of your favorite adult beverages. Roosters has a great family atmosphere. Fun for the whole family. Roosters has TVs everywhere, so you can watch your favorite team. Roosters on Dixie Highway, Preston Highway, Fern Creek, Shelbyville Road, and Springhurst. You can't earn a college degree in 10 minutes, but you can apply for a checking account from Republic Bank in 10 minutes or less, and that's a certifiably smart decision. Enjoy free bill pay, free mobile deposit, and access to over 90,000 fee-free ATMs. Applying takes just 10 minutes or less. Easy banking begins in 10. Apply now at republicbank.com. Free ATM access at AllPoint, MoneyPass, Sum, and Presto ATMs. Message and data rates may apply from your wireless carrier. Member FDIC. Heard it from a friend who Heard it from a friend who Heard it from another you've been messing around They say you got a boyfriend You're out late every weekend Honestly, if we do like a 
a coaching rumors segment. This should probably be the theme song for it. True. We will do our um, our coaching rumor of the day coming up a little bit later. We've just started because everyone wants us to just create candidates and mm-hmm. the text line. And I can only say I haven't heard anything new as many times. So every single day, I'm asking somebody to pick a random number. We're associating that with a Ken Palm rating or a net ranking, and then we're picking like that coach is the coach of the day that I'm hearing. We've had a Fran McCaffrey. We've had Grant McCaslin from Texas Tech. We had oh, who was the other coach that we had? Uh, we've had we've had three so far. They're they're all very very interested. Um, oh, uh, Mitch Henderson from from Princeton. All, all three of them very very interested in the job is whatever is what the buzz is in college basketball. Didn't sort of you say you talked about Steve Forbes yesterday? We talked about well, Steve Forbes was legitimate talk. Yeah. That was there. There is a lot of buzz out there. He's performing well at Wake Forest this year. He had a great reputation before he got the Wake job. There's a lot of talk out there that West Virginia has kind of. They're zeroing in on him to be the guy who replaces Bob Huggins full-time next year. And Wake Forest, as a result, is uh, trying to arm the collectives, trying to rally the troops and get some extra money because they know their guy is going to be a, a hot commodity this offseason. But we'll see what happens there. Maybe a bidding war between us and Morgantown. I don't know. He's probably going to have to do a little bit more to sell the fan base on, on, on Forbes because he's been probably, he, yeah. just okay at Wake Forest so far. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll get to you guys in just a moment. The other thing that happened last night with the – the conclusion of the college football season is you've got, and I don't know how people do these these days, but all these early top 25s for next season come out. And I, I understand why. The engagement's high. I used to have to do one when college basketball would end. And it was mm-hmm. impossible like like six years ago to do this. Before the transfer Before portal. Before the transfer portal. And now you have no idea who's on these teams anymore. But I figured because Louisville has done so well on the portal and because they had such a good year this past year that they would pop up in a number of these early top 25s, and they have. I think every single one that I've seen so far – has included Louisville, at least from the like a trusted publication. I've seen them as high as number 19. I think those were on three's rankings, and as low as number 25. And look, it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but it's exciting. It's nice yeah. to see. Like I saw on three had us as one of their 16 teams that they think could win the national title next year. Had us and Ole Miss together as like the the, the, the portal candidates that could yeah. Shake they separated the it by categories like the superpowers, the NIL up and comers, the transfer portal people, and like a couple other yeah. subcategories. And Louisville fell under the transfer portal one because them, Ole Miss and Colorado, I think are the top three guys or schools in the transfer portal as of today. I'm pretty sure it is nice to have that buzz, and it was also nice to see Louisville conclude the season today with the final AP poll at number 19. So despite the the, the three-game losing streak, which is going to sit with us for a while, let's be real, mm-hmm. still Louisville finishes in the top 20 for the first time uh, in, in a season since 2013. First time in highest postseason ranking in, in a decade, and it happens in Jeff Brom's first year on the job. I, I think if you told any of us, as much as the the, the shine kind of came off at the very end, too, or at least was like partially taken off by the three-game losing streak and, and losing to Kentucky. Definitely sucked and not showing up for the bowl game and all that stuff. If you told anybody four months ago, before the season started, hey, would you take a top 20 finish this year and, and a double-digit win season, all of us would have signed up for it a number of times over. Oh, yeah. I think it's hard to call this this first season under Jeff Rom anything other than a success and the, the final ranking showcases that yeah i mean it's okay to be disappointed in how the season ended because like it by all means was a disappointing end because you know louisville was the clear favorite over kentucky and if the offense does literally anything against florida state they win that game and then it looked like the entire team was unprepared against usc so yeah you can be disappointed in how the season finished but the season overall was still a rousing success because even before in the preseason 
you know, I think the majority of level-headed people would say we're saying this was a eight, maybe a nine and three, mm-hmm. nine win team. I didn't. I you and I were probably talking about how there was an outside chance to make the ACC championship game. I mean, a, cha- a chance nonetheless, but they would have to have some things break their way, and they'd have to get lucky, and they'd have to probably you know outkick the coverage in terms of the way that their roster is assembled. And they went out and did it. Yeah. So, I mean, gr- given how the roster was constructed in year one under Jeff Brom, I think Brom probably got the most out of the roster that he could have. Let's be real, too, when it comes to the the end of the season, because there were a lot of, I, I think, in the heat of the moment after all those losses, some takes firing about, you know, this this ruins the season. And, you know, it takes Louisville from a, you know, this is a C season for Jeff Brom or a B minus season for Jeff Brom. When you look back at it now, we have a, there's a little bit of time that's been removed from all these losses. It's really kind of just the Kentucky loss that yeah. that 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 really I think has it's going to stick in people's crawl for the, this entire offseason because if you lose even a shorthanded Florida State, as agonizing as that game is, I think it's you still say, look, all world defense, they were undefeated, they should have been in the playoff, like that was just. Our offense was already kind of sputtering towards the end of the season. We didn't have a, the type of quarterback necessary to go at that defense. Like that happened. They, they were favored. They beat us. And in the bowl game, you could say, well, you know, bowl games are a toss up these days. Who, who cares anymore? You know, sometimes it's it's the most motivated team. USC still has a ton of talent, even with their backups. We didn't have Jawar. We didn't have Jamari Thrash. Jack Plummer wasn't good. Like whatever you want to say, you can write that. The UK one is the one that you're like, yeah, there's not really much defending that. Like we yeah. were a touchdown plus favorite over our arch rivals, at home, in a game that we have not won since 2017. And the two teams were trending in opposite directions. We're 10-1. and one. They haven't really beaten anyone of any consequence. Like, we've got two top 25 wins. You know, we have a lot to play for. Like, we're still, at that point, talking about if a crazy sequence of events happens, we could be in the playoff if we win this game and we beat Florida State. So it's not like you didn't have anything to play for there. Like, that's the one. If we finish the season 11-3, and three, with the losses to FSU and USC, I think everyone's like, this is an A season. We probably finished in the top 15. It's fantastic. And while people are still looking at this as a successful year, I mean, for God's sake, he's the first coach to ever win 10 games in his first season at Louisville. It's the Kentucky game. that mm-hmm. I think we all just keep coming back to and being like, yeah, just yeah. the way it ended. And, and plus, if the if the committee didn't royally screw FSU, Louisville's in the Orange Bowl. I mean, they that, were, they were a too. slam duck to reach the Orange Bowl for a month plus, and then... That got taken away from them at the eleventh hour. Do we lose by a million to Georgia? Probably. Probably. But or I guess it would have been maybe Ohio State, depending on how things yeah, would have played out. Yeah, Either way, point. we probably lose the game. But still, you're playing in the Orange Bowl. All that good stuff would happen. But let me ask you, Louisville in the portal. A lot of people now are saying it's cool. You've gotten a bunch of guys, but it's quantity over quality. You've only got a couple of players of real consequence that are out there that are four stars, according to the the scouting services. What's your take on what Louisville's done in the portal so far? I mean, they've addressed positions of need, but have they done enough to be not just as good, not just back to where they were this past season, but can they take a step forward with the guys that they're bringing in right now? I think they can because Brom has been very decisive in some of the positions that he wants to address that were clearly weak spots this past season. One of the very first things he does is go out and try and get like his two top tight end targets. Now, granted, one of them went ahead and is going back to the place that was they're coming from, but still, you have an, a top tier tight end transfer right there, so that sort of addresses that need there. And then with the wide receiving core, we can all agree that the receivers outside of Jamari Thrash were largely disappointing. 
So that was a point of emphasis. He wanted to go out and get a proven and experienced transfer quarterback, and, and he got Tyler Shuck. Now, I don't want to say the jury's out on him. The jury's out on if he can stay healthy because he's got the, the talent and the tools to be successful. He just hasn't put together a healthy mm. season. So, And then that's on offense. And then they're trying to load up on as many defensive linemen and not only there and on the back end in the secondary. It seems like they should be getting more good news, hopefully, at some point. But they've, they've been very decisive in trying to address what they know they're going to lose and what they know was a weak spot. So, and I'll have a probably a more concrete opinion once we actually see this team in the spring and then they then we'll really know like what positions they need to address because heading into this past spring ball, I didn't think that offensive line was going to be as big of a need as it was. And then uh-huh. in the first few practices, we can see, oh, no, they need to go get some more linemen in the portal. And, they did. and, and that's exactly what they did. So... I'll have a more informed opinion on how well they've done in the portal then. But as of right now, when you look at the totality of everything and put every, see everything that's on paper, what they're bringing in, I mean, it, it's it's hard not to be – God, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm just completely – I just completely blanked. Like the optimistic? Tr- optimistic, yes. Okay. It's, it's hard not to be optimistic considering not only the quality of players that they've brought in because they are some really good players in here like – Monroe Mills, Penny Boone, mm-hmm. Tyler Shuck, Thor Griffith. Like, there are some real impact playmakers, but they've also done a good job at addressing depth, which I was told by someone close to the program after the uh, the bowl game that they, whatever, what happened on the defensive side of the ball with how they couldn't stop USC because of like a depth issue, that's not happening again. So that's partially why they've been so hard and heavy when it comes to bolstering the secondary and bolstering the defensive line because those were the two factors on defense that kind of I mean it was an all systems all systems failure. I mean the linebackers yeah. looked fine and Louisville brings back most of their linebacking core. So now it's just an issue of trying to bolster up the depth and the starting caliber talent on the defensive front and in the secondary. And so far they've done that. I get the sense too that that Jeff and the staff kind of feel like the more options they have to work with the better because do you run the risk in this day and age of a kid who's played college football for four or five years and who maybe is realizing that that they may not be cut out for the NFL just trying to get as much money as they can and getting going to the program that's going to offer them the most NIL and they're just kind of dogging it for a year I think that's that's a little bit of a risk and I think that Brahm also he's not unwilling to some of these guys that they're getting in the portal and that are presumably getting NIL deals he's not a, like above saying like cool take your money and sit on the bench if you're not good enough i mean they, mm-hmm. like remember how like we were really excited about getting keith brown the linebacker from oregon last year yep. barely played at all like he got he gets here on campus and they're like this guy's not that good and he's not really so i think the more options the better he wants to create that competition i mean another example is you know storm duck is an all-conference caliber player one of the biggest names in the portal they get him you know, he's going jarvis brownlee and quincy Wilder are coming back and you're a lot of people are just penciling storm duck in as one of the two starters and he just gets outplayed. And Brom's not above saying, like, just because we gave you a big NIL deal and you're a big name, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to be on the field. And he wouldn't have seen the field very much if if, if Jarvis Brownlee hadn't gotten hurt. Um, and I think it showed why. <laughs> like he was nope. he was a very weak link in, in the defense. So I think having as many options as you can possibly have to plug in as, as stars to plug and play guys, I think is a good thing for what Jeff Brom is trying to do, which is. I think find the right combination of guys that are going to 
develop and stay true to the program once they start getting playing time. Mm-hmm. And then also just going out there and getting guys that are going to be here for, for one, maybe two years. I, I think that Brom looks at Louisville and he's he's realistic about where we are in the college football hierarchy, which is, you know, I think we have a lot of pride in what we've accomplished over the last 30 years, but certainly we're not up there with the Ohio States and the, the, the Bamas and the Clemsons of the world. So when Louisville lands a high four-star, low five-star kid, like they've done occasionally the last couple of years, and you're Jeff Brom, I, I think you feel like, okay, if I put this kid on the field right away and he kills it, he may be going to Ohio State next year, or going to Florida. And if I don't play the kid, he's going to be going somewhere else next mm-hmm. year. And so, so I think that he's taking kids that he feels like just fit, are coming to this program because of their culture fit and because they like the system and they like the coaching staff and who aren't afraid of, you know, redshirting as, as, a, as a true freshman, playing minimal snaps as a, as, a, as a redshirt freshman and then getting on the field as maybe a redshirt sophomore and then taking that combination and pairing it with the guys that they're bringing in. I think you're seeing that work certainly in basketball where the last five, six years, the best teams in the sport have found that right combination of high profile transfers, guys, maybe the occasional big time one and done freshman, and then guys that they've been able to keep in their program for two or three years. You know, the the best programs in in all these sports always talk about you've got to, to get old and stay old. I think for Louisville, the only way to make that happen right now is by going out and getting guys in the transfer portal every year. So I, I I think that this is until the NCAA changes the landscape of the sport and tries to maybe, you know, figure out a way to police this, which I don't think is happening anytime soon. No. I think this is the way that Jeff's going to do things. I think this is going to be an annual deal. I, I do think that, that the twenty twenty five cycle that's probably going to be a bigger I don't want to say a bigger emphasis on high school. I think it's going to be more of a factor because while technically twenty twenty four is his quote-unquote first full cycle, which it is, the 2025 class is going to be the first cycle in which he's had all of the time at really at his disposal to start relationships, sure. cultivate relationships, yeah. build on these relationships with players, coaches, schools, recruiting grounds, so on and so forth. So, And we've seen that the, over the summer and at some of the games this past season that a lot of really high-profile juniors – came to visit Louisville, whether it be for Junior Day or a game. So I think that, I don't want to say Jeff Brom punted on 2024 recruiting. He tried to get what he could. Mm-hmm. And then some. And when it gets to the 2025 cycle, there's going to be a bigger emphasis on high school recruiting. But otherwise, because, I mean, rosters are always in fluctuation. It doesn't matter if the transfer portal window is closed, open, doesn't matter. You never know when someone could potentially hop in so i mean you you kind of have to keep your options open to the transfer portal just because rosters can change at the like can just completely flip on a moment's notice what do you make of i mean louisville goes out this week and in the last i guess 48 hours it's become official they land two secondary players from tennessee uh we got wesley walker we knew about that a couple of days ago and then yesterday while we're on the air actually it, it comes out that uh, we're flipping to Mary McDonald, whose name I could not find in my notes at all. I was like, what's that guy's name? Uh, but two guys, I mean, McDonald started 23 games for Tennessee over the last uh, couple of years, played the nickel position. Seems like a guy that could play either safety, which is a position of need for us next year, mm-hmm. or maybe step up and play that that hybrid linebacker safety role that, that kind of Ben Perry occupies. Regardless of how they use him, he seems like one of the bigger guys that we've gotten in the portal. Flipping him from Ole Miss was a, was a big deal, I think. Yeah. No, to Mary McDonald... 
I think both him and Ben Perry are going to be crucial aspects of the defense next season just because it gives you some extra options if you're the coaching staff of what kind of scheme that you want to deal up. Because, you know, obviously Perry plays that star position, which is that linebacker safety hybrid. So you could choose to play big, be a little bit more physical, and have him in there. Or with McDonald, while he was a quote-unquote star in Tennessee's scheme, that the star position in their scheme wasn't linebacker safety. It was more so like a, a third cornerback court. Basically a nickelback. I'm sorry. We, yeah, we, cut it off here. we got the, the hard out now at 59. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll continue this conversation. We'll also talk to you on the Thornton sex line after the break. Hour number two on the way next here on the Big X. I don't Only locally on Sports Talk, 1450 and 96.1 FM, the Big X Sports Radio, WXVW, Jeffersonville. Hi, this is New Albany Mayor Jeff Gahan. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish New Albany and the Bulldogs the best of luck this season. It's going to be a special season. Thanks for making New Albany proud. We have a lot to be proud of here in New Albany. Most importantly, our schools. The citizens of New Albany and Floyd County are investing $87 million to make our public schools even better than before. Our students will be safer and they'll even have a greater opportunity to reach their potential. Come see for yourself why the city of New Albany is where you should be. In high school sports, there are some things more important than winning. Like helping student athletes build character, become better people, and prepare for life. I'm Brian Lewis. And I'm Chris Kaufman. We're both assistant commissioners of the IHSAA, and we believe the purpose of high school sports is much greater than what the scoreboard says. It's about teaching, it's about growth, It's about developing the whole person, not just the athlete. That's our number one priority. Every sport, every student athlete, every day. Let's champion what we believe in, like learning, like character, like integrity. If you support the mission of high school sports and the life lessons they teach, then buy a ticket to your high school's athletic events. Join us in being a champion of high school sports. This is what we do. This is what we believe. This is your IHSAA. If you own a business, you know how important it is to have a strong relationship with your bank. Republic Bank has proudly served businesses across our communities for more than 40 years, and we've had their backs the whole time. We offer a variety of business deposit accounts and loan options, along with a team of experienced bankers who will take the time to understand your unique needs and financial goals. Choose the bank that has your back. Republic Bank, the easy bank for business. Visit republicbank.com. Member FDIC. One of your favorite childhood memories is probably those visits to your local bakery and all those wonderful aromas fresh out of the oven. Chances are that bakery was Williams Bakery. 1051 North Clark Boulevard, Clarksville. Open seven days a week, Williams Bakery is Clark County's only remaining full-service bakery. Stop by so they can serve you. Or phone Ernie Polston and his dedicated staff at 284-2867. That's 284-2867. 
In times of financial uncertainty, how can you stay on track? Call on someone who's invested in your success. I'm Scott Aldridge, your Jeffersonville Edward Jones Financial Advisor. At Edward Jones, we believe in building a complete picture of your financial life, including your unique goals and passions, so we can help you work toward achieving what's most important to you. Call me at 812-282-0000 or visit edwardjones.com to get started today. When design is key to your landscape project, give Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design a call at 812-288-6691. Walnut Ridge has more experience than any landscape company in the area. Remember, Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design. When design is key to your project and you want the most experienced landscaping company in the area, give Walnut Ridge a call at 812-288-6691. Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design. When design is key. The plumbers, pipe fitters, welders, and HVAC technicians of Local 502's commitment to excellence can be seen in our community every day. The KFC Yum Center, Ford Motor Company, and the Omni Hotel are just a few examples of their professional craftsmanship. Local 502 has been part of our community for over a century and invests over $1 million annually training skilled local workers. Members of Local 502 are your friends, neighbors, and children's coaches. For more information, go to lu502.com. Local 502, built on excellence, building a better tomorrow. Hangman is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. Welcome back in hour number two here of the Mike Rutherford Show, Tuesday edition on 1450 Big X. We got Matt McGavick of Louisville Report here with me in studio. Follow him on Twitter if you don't already at Matt underscore McGavick. Read his stuff over there on Louisville Report. He's always posting uh, new stuff. He's on top of it. Please, if something's happening you. in the world of Cardinal sports. He's he, he's on top of it. Yeah, I've got a couple pre rights in the chamber right now. Just mm. waiting, waiting for stuff mm. to go down. But, I, eyeball emoji. Eyeball emoji. Throw that eyeball emoji out there. Could mean anything. Could mean you know you never know. Kenny Payne getting fired? I don't know. Oh, I've got that pre-write right I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I think everybody in Louisville does at some point. I've got that pre-write done. I've got the big board done. Yeah. yeah. It's a, well, who's on that big board? You'll have to find out. <laughs> it's fired. It is a, it's a nasty day in Louisville. The, we, we finally got the, the sun's peeking out a little bit. It's, this is kind of like sleeting. There's talk of potential light snow tonight. Uh, kids are so funny. We had... Like I, on Tuesdays, I pick up my two kids and my niece from from school, and they come back home. And uh, apparently, like Mary was with the kids when we got home, and, and Virginia was like going to the bathroom. And like it starts just like downpour. There was like that one brief period where it was like three minutes. And Audrey, my niece, just looks at her and goes, "Is the earth dying?" And it's amazing how <laughs> it's amazing how quickly kids can just get over stuff like that. Like Virginia, like a year ago, she like cut her finger on something and was like bleeding just like a small amount, and she was like. She's like, Daddy, and I was, I was like, I'll get you Band-Aid. And she's like, am I going to die? Like, it crossed her mind. Like, this, oh this was the end of her life. And, she, you know, I'm like, no, you're fine. And she shakes it off immediately. Like, the kids shake off near-death situations in their minds insanely quickly. It, it, it's amazing. But that's, uh, yeah, is the earth dying? It's like, you know, no. Well, kind of, but not because of this. It, it, it's fine. We're going to be okay. It'll die when you're older. We're all going to make it, hopefully. Uh, 502-414-1450, the Thornton Sex Line. We've talked a little football recruiting, uh, transfer portal stuff. We talked about Michigan winning the national title last night. Uh, the, the the fallout, the potential fallout when it comes to them being cheaters 
and winning the national title and how it relates to us and and you know how far are we willing to stretch the the morality clause in in, in that we all have with ourselves for our next head basketball coach should that happen in, in the next few months all that stuff has been discussed here uh, I, I did want to you, you to finish your thought about Tamari McDonald from Tennessee fitting with the defense because I do think that this is a guy that um you know, was committed to Ole Miss, kind of our portal rivals, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Them and Texas A&M, I seem like we're always all in those same guys, FSU yep. occasionally too. But it does seem like you know, Wesley Walker was a big addition, but Tamari McDonald may be a guy that you pencil in, you're like, he's going to help you out significantly next year. Yeah, no, I mean, him and Ben Perry, like I said uh, before the break, they're going to be key pieces of the defense just because that star position is kind of like an X factor, kind of the most versatile piece on the defense. And in the context of Louisville's scheme, the star position is like linebacker safety, and that's kind of what Ben Perry exactly fits. You can kind of play him when you want to play a little bit bigger, get a little bit more beef in the front seven, but still have that kind of versatility on the back end and have to have him drop back in coverage. With McDonald, he also played quote-unquote star in Tennessee's defense, but in Tennessee's scheme, the star is more so of a nickelback, basically a third corner on the field. So if you wanted to, if you're in like a clear passing situation and you want to have more help on the back end you would have him on the field and he he can come up and kind of play in the box too but that's his more so of a strong suit is kind of playing on the back end and being the, the help for other defensive backs on on the on the field it, it I mean, we do find ourselves in sort of an interesting spot the portal's closed now we'll still i think we'll still add some guys in the next couple but like people are people are acting as if the roster is going to be finalized in the next couple of weeks and like you said there's sort of a second portal feeding frenzy that's going to happen after spring practice. Like, we're going to lose more guys mm-hmm. once practice starts and, and and they kind of realize where they are in the depth chart. I mean, hell, we added two guys last year that w- had already transferred to other programs and played in the spring practices at, at two other ACC schools that were just like, no, I don't, I'm not, not here for me. Nope. Um, I mean, Cameron Kelly was was all, what was it, Virginia, ready to go. Yeah, and Storm Duck came from Penn State. Storm Duck came from, that's right, he was at Penn State from from North Carolina. So, like, there's probably some some more additions that are going to come. And it's like, I do want to get your thoughts before we go to the text line on the quarterback situation because people are like, I'm shocked that we haven't had a guy enter the portal. And my, I, I think we probably still will. I, I think you'll see the guys that we're bringing back for next season go through spring practice, kind of f- figure out where they are and what the likelihood is of them seeing significant snaps either this year or next year. Mm-hmm. And if, I mean, I mean, again, I'm just, this is no inside info, but if I'm a guy like Brady Allen, who very clearly was the sixth quarterback on the depth chart this year, and he goes through spring practice and he's still like fifth or sixth, I can see him choosing to be like, okay, no. But you know, if he wants to compete for the starting spot or be the number two guy this year, he may go through that process. What do you make of the quarterback spot? Tyler Shuck, you obviously bring him in to be the starter, but I haven't heard the same type of rhetoric from Jeff Brom yet when it comes to Shuck, as you had last year with Jack Plummer, where he made it very apparent from day one, like, this is our guy. Everyone like you know the position's technically open, but like we're bringing Jack in here for a reason. I haven't heard him say that just yet with Tyler Shuck, but it does sort of feel like the same type of situation. I think partially because whenever we spoke to Jeff, yeah, they hadn't actually announced the transfers yet, right? Because last instead of announcing the transfers with the high schoolers like they did last season, they're kind of waiting for for them to all get enrolled so they don't have another miles another miles slusher situation. Um, but anyways, when I look at the quarterback position. I'm not 
super shocked that someone's entered the portal right now. I won't be shocked if someone enters the portal mm -hmm. after spring because at that point you'll have a better understanding where everyone is on the depth chart. But when I look at the depth chart right now, it's really about what you'd expect at most high major college, uh, college football programs because you've got the presumptive starter in Tyler Shuck. Then you have Brady Allen and Pierce Clarkson right behind them, pro uh, probably going to be gunning for that backup spot. It's going to be one of those two, if if you ask me. And then you've got Deuce Adams, the true freshman, who I think is going to have a really good college career once he does take over the reins, whenever that may be. So that's four guys. It's it's Louisville's got less quarterbacks on the roster, or less scholarship quarterbacks on the roster than they do than they did this time last year. They still have Evan Conley, and they got Harrison Bailey. Yeah, I, I, I don't, is is Conley going to take advantage of his COVID year? Because technically, he's got it on the on it the books. Sounds kind of like he is. Is, is the, the the latest? I, it hasn't been it, it hasn't been official yet. But it, last I heard, like he was planning on coming back. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. I mean, he's technically the wild con will not. Die. The wild con's coming back <laughs> for another year, which I don't, it's not as useful this year with a guy like Tyler Shuck who can move a little bit more than Jack yeah, Plummer could. Um, but we'll see. I mean. Like the one thing that I would say is, I had heard in the summer and throughout the season that like, if something happened to Jack Plummer, like Brock Doman was the game manager that they were going to bring in and sort of have him do the same thing that Malik Cunning. Like, I, I think if if you'd had a situation where Plummer got hurt in the middle of October, mm -hmm. you would have had Doman come in and finish that game. And then they would have been prepping Harrison Bailey to be the starting quarterback. Was was what I heard the entire year. I'm not shocked because watching him in, in fall camp, he's got a cannon. He he looked good. He's got a cannon. I, if they were worried about his inability to grasp the playbook, it was a concern. And I think you saw that he actually the one series he got a couple series against Murray State and threw a touchdown pass. But the one he did have one like screw up where he like somebody was where they weren't supposed to be he turned the wrong way. And I think that was the issue with him. But they were hoping that they could get him prepped like. Brom loves guys that have the physical tools, and mm -hmm. I, I think that he and Brian both trust their yeah. ability to take guys and kind of mold them into who they want to be. Yeah. Case in point, Aiden O'Connell at, at Purdue, who I don't know if you heard this, came there as a walk-on. They they, say, they like saying that really? a lot. But I, you know, if you look at that, I think that you you kind of keep your eye on Bailey, but also Brady Allen because he's a guy. And I mean, you know, you went to the. I think we talked about it when you came on the show in the summer, and you've been to the open practices. He's a guy that was misfiring all the time, like throwing mm -hmm. the ball to the other team on 7-on-7 seven seven and when they went 11-on-11, 11 11, but still a very big kid with a big arm. And I think that their hope is that you know, hopefully he's improved over the last three months since the last time the public saw him and he can improve this offseason. And maybe he's a guy that you can hand the reins to after Shuck you know, leaves this year. But I would – I mean, the way that the snaps go after Tyler Shuck at the beginning of the year, because Louisville has two games. You know, I'm, I'm not just trying to, to – I don't know poo-poo Jacksonville State, but you've got, what, Murray <laughs> to open – and, and Austin P. Austin P. That, that, that's who I'm thinking of. Austin P. is the season opener on the 31st. Like we should know at that point, even if Jeff tries to do the thing again where he's got a bunch of ores on the depth chart, who the second quarterback is. Yeah. And that will go a long way towards determining, I, th I think, who the the starter is in in 2025 and what you do in the transfer portal after next season and all this stuff. But I'm fascinated to hear like how the reps are divvied out during spring practice and you know who's goes where at the spring game because the quarterback situation at Louisville is really, really interesting right now. Yeah, and, and I think it's going to end up being Pierce Clarkson Pierce Clarkson as the backup just because he looked the most comfortable out of all of the, the backups not named Brock Doman and Evan Conley. But 
and, and I wasn't at the last two practices of the fall, but I heard that Brady Allen had rebounded. But it, it's hard to ignore what I did see out of Brady Allen during mm-hmm. those those fall practices that I did go to. He struggled immensely, whereas Pierce Clarkson, he looked like he was a lot more poised, a lot more comfortable, and how had I don't want to say had a bigger grasp or a bigger command of the the offense, saying that Brady Allen didn't. But he was more he he was delivering his throws with more conviction. Yeah, is what I saw out of Pierce Clarkson. So again, that was like half a year ago. It sure, feels like it's, at this it's, point, it's so a long time. Pe- people can get better, and people can also regress. So may, who's to say Brady Allen hasn't usurped Pierce Clarkson on the depth chart in terms of you know his ability to perform in practice? But it, it, it's it's going to be very interested in spring to see how those two. Because I do think it'll end up being Tyler Shuck being the starter because he's. Like you mentioned earlier, that Brom likes to have QBs with the physical intangibles. Chuck's got that. He's got the ability. Chuck is, I don't want to say it's the complete opposite of Jack Plummer, because Jack Plummer did get some rushing first downs, but like Chuck runs with purpose and intent, whereas Plummer, I don't, I think we can all agree here, saying that he, yeah. he was not the most fleet of foot. Chuck has, has, that's an element of his game. That's something you don't worry about. He, not only can he run, he's a physical runner. Probably takes a little bit too to much detriment, con- yeah. To his detriment a little bit, but he is someone that who is proficient in that regard. So it's going to be interesting because we saw aspects of this of this part of the offense in spurts over the year where they were using speed options and options with Plummer. You could kind of use that just kind of just to throw teams off because they're not expecting it. Right. Whereas with Shook, he is with someone that like you can actually use on a regular and consistent basis. And then when you've got a guy like Chuck, who is a good runner, and then you add in running backs like Penny Boone, Donald Chaney, bring back Mo Turner, Keewan Brown. There is real potential there. And if the wider receiver core makes a jump, like I think they will, it only just adds that much more potential to what the offense can accomplish because of the play style of the quarterback. I think the staff saw, I mean, we, we kind of mentioned the wild con in jest there, but like the the reason why they kept going back to it is I think it frustrated the staff when teams started to focus so heavily on Jawar when he was you know, setting the world on fire the first month and a half of the season. They saw the opportunity for these wide running lanes for a quarterback who could move a little bit. And it's why you saw them even even with Jack Plummer's limited legs, like they, they called some set plays. And he would get like seven or eight yards before he you know un- ungracefully slid to the ground because it was so wide open because teams were so overplaying Jawar on those shotgun handoffs. And you can't do that with, with a guy like Tyler Shuck. I mean, I think that they will use him. I mean, Jeff's not. Jeff certainly wants him to have a full injury-free season for the first time in his collegiate career, but he's not going to put him behind glass. Like he, he's not that type yeah. of coach, and I think Shuck's not that type of player. But you do look at his tape, and you're like, man, he can make the throws that Jack just couldn't do. The, the, the yeah. ones that were out there all season long that were so frustrating. Like Shuck has that ability. Going back real quickly, and then we'll go to the text line to your point about Pierce Carson. I think it's a good one in that. I think the staff was very impressed with his ability to just digest the playbook, and mm-hmm. I mean, he comes from a dad who was a quarterback coach. Like, like he should know those types of things. Like, like he had a great handle on the playbook. He has a great handle of what like the basic fundamentals are like to play that position. I, I think that he doesn't have some of the, the the physical skills that the other guys. I mean, he's he's really small. Like, there's there's no way around that. He's he's a small quarterback. The arm strength a little bit limited. You hope that that's something that you can improve in your full first full off season in college. Get bigger, get stronger. You can up the arm strength a certain amount. Um, so I, I think he'll definitely get a look. I'm, I'm 
if Bailey stays here, which I think is is also people aren't really sure because I don't know if they're going to give him a scholarship, mm-hmm. like where he fits into this whole competition. I don't know. It's just it's going to be very, very, very interesting to see how it all plays out. But I did hear I think the staff came in with some pretty serious questions about Pierce just by his his size and, and, and skill set. Right. And then at the end of spring, at the end of summer, I should say, it sounded like he was outperforming a lot of what their opinions going in. But the the depth chart was. I mean, for the entire season, I think you saw it play out this way in Murray State. It was, you know, it was Plummer, Doman, Conley would have been the third guy, mm-hmm. Bailey, Clarkson, Allen, and then the you know the fifteen walk-ons afterwards. So like, yeah. we'll see how that gets if that holds true in the spring, or we'll shake out. I mean, I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to start talking. I wish we were. It was like the Satterfield deal where we did spring practice in February in the freezing cold because God knows we could use a distraction from from basketball. Right mm-hmm. now. No, I know. Speaking of not getting a distraction from basketball, let's go to the Thornton's text <laughs> line. 502-414-1450. Reminder, Thornton's hooking you up with the best deals all new year long. Download the Refreshing Rewards app to take advantage of their best deals on gas and any tasty treats inside one of this area's 78,264 Thornton's locations. There's that many of them because they know what they're doing. Do all that and then text us at 502-414-1450. Texture says, Tom Crean being a Harbaugh makes the Big Ten almost as incestuous as the NCAA, as the ACC with all its transfers. I did love the, <laughs> the, 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 the Tom Crean in the wild, a wild Tom Crean sighting last night during the broadcast. It, it is, I mean, can we all agree, like, the, regardless of how you feel about the Harbaugh's, love them, hate them, whatever, recognize that they're, they're great at what they do, that whole family is the weirdest family of all time. It really is. They're, they're so quirky, I guess is the best way to put it. Like, Socially awkward that is, is another way. I mean, you saw you saw Harbaugh last night. It was like he didn't know how to celebrate like a genuine person. Like mm-hmm. he like he, he he really had no idea what to do. And it, ultimate football guy. Like all this man knows is just building a program, football this, football that. And when it's time to like, it was it very much had like a even more awkward Saban quality too. Like Saban just doesn't show any emotion. Harbaugh was trying to do like the fun guy, fun coach thing, and just had no idea how to do it. How do you do, fellow kids? Yeah, exactly. Like you, <laughs> and you can see why a family member of his would be interested in a guy like Tom Crean. Like they, I, I think Tom Crean, they got him to the Christmas dinner table, and they're like, this he fits. He, he's great. He's he's Sold. one of us. Yeah, he's. We could be in his family. I'm sure they're, the, the Crean family is just as weird. Uh, they're all just very, very strange people, but they know what they're doing. At least the, the Harbaugh's do. I don't know about yeah. Tom. I love. I do love the Indiana fans trying to like throw Tom Crean at us. They're like Tom Crean's gonna be the Louisville coach, and I was like, at this point, you know, I wouldn't. You know, I'd definitely take him for two months if that's the if that's the deal. Yeah. Texas, did you see that that Goodman say that Louisville has to make Scott Drew say no? Just saying, I've never seen Goodman and got to make him say no guy in the same room. We do have a guy who texts in every single day with a different "gotta make him say no" candidate. Uh, we've had, I think, we've had some. What's he have, up to this time? I, I don't know. We've we've had they, they've re- they've recently gotten more reasonable. I mean, we've had a couple people that were actually dead that he did say "gotta, <laughs> gotta make him say no." Um, we, we've had Greg Popovich on there. We've had he, every single day. He's like, we have a, he's got a, got a, a "gotta make him say no" candidate. Gotta make John Wooden say no. But I did hear the clip where it's Goodman and Robbie Hummel talking about Mick Cronin in Louisville and then talking about Scott Drew in Louisville. And Goodman's been adamant for a long time saying Drew should be Louisville's top target because he's a guy that, he's like, he's like I don't think at the end of the day that he would say yes, but I think he would definitely listen. It's basically the, the same exact conversation that we had about Scott Drew two years ago 
where I'd heard that his agent had been like, you know, hey, like, you know, Scott may listen. And then Josh was like, hey, Scott, you want to listen? And he's like, eh, not really. And that was kind of, that, that was sort of it. Yeah. But now you look two years later, Baylor's had, I mean, they're in the midst of a, a good season, but they don't look like a realistic national title contender, which is sort of where they were a year ago as well. You know, losing Jerome Tang has kind of hurt their defensive identity. I do wonder if he starts to think, like, I'm, I'm, getting up there in age, if I want to make a move to have a, a second big chapter in my coaching career, this is probably the time to do it. There's only so much you can do in Waco, Texas, at a program like Baylor. I've right. pretty much accomplished it all. Now, why not take on a similar challenge at a, at a place like Louisville? There also is, and I, I've said this before, there's a, a decent amount of buzz out there that whenever John Calipari moves on, like Scott Drew is kind of the guy that's been deemed as the heir apparent now and now granted that's been like five different people over the last 10 years because everyone has been thinking Cal's going to leave every couple of seasons like it that's was true yeah it was Chris Beard recently it was like two years ago they were like when when Cal leaves it's going to be Beard and for a while there before <laughs> like you know the, 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 there were a couple of other guys that were, were sort of seen as I mean Billy Donovan we remember that back in the day oh. but uh right now people are saying I think it'll be Scott Drew and maybe he's holding out for that maybe, job yeah. who knows but uh I, I think I, I do think that he's a guy that to use the phrase, Josh has to make say no at some point because he'd be a big time hire. It ain't gonna be Jay Wright because he already came out and talked to who was it Rothstein or one of those big uh, big time national guys saying like, yeah, I'm done. There's no way in hell I'm coming back. I, I enjoy retirement. Too I much. think it actually was Jeff Goodman who wrote the story that oh he, was it Goodman that no. he had talked to for that Messenger website that he and Seth Davis are now both writing for. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't heard, this is our big coaching scoop news of the day. All the, the the Louisville fans that have been holding out hope for Jay Wright and saying, you know, I, I did love the day where you, you know, they were like, they, they, they wished Dick Vitale happy recovery from the CBS set and Seth Davis made the throwaway joke about Seth's been fielding calls all day about open, open, open job or Jay's been fielding calls all day about open jobs. And I was like, hmm. And everyone was like, oh, my God, it's happening. And, and people thought that you were serious. They yeah. did, which I, I guess I shouldn't do stuff like that, but I you know, have to make this job fun somehow. Yeah. It, the reality is it's always sounded like Jay Wright is not coming out of retirement for any job besides the NBA, and even then it sounds like that's probably a, a few years off. But Jay Wright did say in a story with Jeff Goodman today that he does not miss coaching. He said, I, I thought I was going to. I didn't know how I was going to feel a couple of years later, but um, I, I, I don't miss it at all, and said – I'm pretty done. I, I knew it was the right time to leave. He said it's not about the NIL and, and the, the transfer portal and all that stuff. He said, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to do it, but I would have been fine doing it. There are definitely some positives there. But talks about how much he enjoys just having normal family time and how like back in the day when he was on vacations, he was having to text recruits when he was, you know, even when he was with his wife. And you know, now he, he loved working the NCAA tournament. So I never really got to enjoy the NCAA tournament because either you're, you're focused on your next opponent and you're in there or when you lose – you don't want to think about the tournament. He's like, you, you want to ignore the tournament. You're ready for the next season to start. But now getting to enjoy it as a studio analyst has been a lot of fun. So he said, in no uncertain terms, I'm done. I'm not going to be coaching. Does this mean Josh Hurd can still swing him? Can Josh Hurd change that opinion in two months? I guess we'll find out. Gotta but, make him say no. But Jay Wright appears to be off the big board. Texas, based on his postgame comments, is Kenny gaslighting the players? He keeps telling them other teams are more talented, and yet they stick up for him. Do they think without him they'd be nothing? This is a talented group of guys that are being let down by their coaching staff, but it seems like they have no sense of self-worth. This is a very toxic relationship between coach and player. I will say there have been maybe two or three straight press conferences where I came out of it thinking, oh, Kenny Payne didn't say something stupid today. 
Well, or at least less stupid, right? That's like, true. You know, there's still stuff that you can you you can take away. Like like he, what what did he say last game? He was talking about the because the, the phrase that I've used a bunch of time and that that former players have said to me when they've kind of been griping about Kenny Payne is, you know, players win games, coaches lose them is how you're supposed yeah. to treat it. And he used that line, but did so as sort of like a joking, like, you know. You know I do remember. And, yep. and I, I was kind of like, yeah, you, I wanted, it's what we wanted you to say, but like not like scoffing at it, not like making fun of it. Because like, he still always does the thing where it's like, yeah, it's on me, but these players, you know, these, <laughs> what do you want me yeah. to do? Like, like you know, these, these I, I'm telling them, I'm tell, I guess I got to do better, but they, they suck. And, and like, it, it's, I, I think it's rubbed. I, I know that you have a lot of players, former players out there who are very outspoken in, in defense of him. I can tell you that you know, there's nothing that I haven't said before. Behind closed doors, there are a healthy amount of former players who also are like, you shouldn't be like, just like take up for your play. Like, like, right. Assume the responsibility and not in a manner where it's like, it's my fault. And then here are the next eight answers. I'm going to tell you why it's not really my fault and why it's the player's fault. It, like, it, it feels like every time you read the quotes, every time you listen to the post game press conference, it's the same. I feel like we've heard the same press conference 35 times now. Um, it feels like it, 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 it with the same does. like mannerisms and hand movements, hands, palm open. The, the palms are always, he's always doing that. He's always doing the same thing. I did like the basketball predict guy who runs that, that, that uh, metric website. He was like, you got to feel bad for Kenny Payne. He's had horrible luck in being constantly stuck with players who look like they've been poorly coached. <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> it's yeah. I, I, I just thought about this. I wonder what would happen if we went to chat GPT and told it to come up with a Kenny Payne post game. Press conference. I think somebody did, and it was somebody did that on the show a while back. It's in the text oh, no. line, and it was pretty, pretty spot on. It was very, oh, no. it was very a lot of fight was a was a word that came up pretty frequently. <laughs> Got to fight. Jeez. Texture says, uh, "Mr. Mike, tell me more about the magical Jeff Brom and how he is the transfer portal overlord." No problem. Number one transfer portal class in the country. Boom. Portal king. Portal king. Texas says, Uncle T, the 550-page Michigan Manifesto, ex-coach is getting paid to record sideline video and upload it, but hey, nothing to see here. Hoist that trophy. Screw them. Oh, my God. I just, I just, Uncle T. And I, just the word manifesto. I, I saw something on Twitter that was, of course, like a Michigan versus Washington type post. Like, who, which Ted's alma mater will win? And it was... Ted Bundy with Washington <laughs> versus Ted Kinsinski in Michigan. That's true. I, I, I'd seen the the Tim Allen versus the guy that played Al Borland uh, meme because he I guess he's a Washington guy and Tim mm-hmm. Allen is famously a Michigan guy. But uh, Kaczynski versus Bundy is probably a more <laughs> fun comparison. Oh, Lord. Uh, Texas says, Russ Smith and Peyton Siva gained more flexibility. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to read that. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Texas, as far as Katina Powell goes, there's literally the movie He Got Game from 1998 that stars Ray Allen, directed by Spike Lee. A major plot point is Ray Allen's character going on recruiting visits and being hooked up with strippers at the college. It's known it's happened everywhere. He doesn't make it right, but to remove a, a banner is insane. Brooklyn is definitely in the house. I remember mm-hmm. young Mike seeing that scene. I mean, like, the thing is, it's not It's not even like it's been kept a secret. Like, like just because the NCAA has not. I mean, you had Jalen Rose on... In a documentary, he's a guy who's still employed by ESPN, who's still like you know played at Michigan and all this stuff, who's talked about his recruiting visits and said, "If I ain't bleeping, 
I'm not playing for you. Like, like he was openly saying, like, if you don't get me, if you don't let me have sex with women when on my recruiting visit, like, I'm not going to. And again, it, none of it makes it right. I'm not defending what Louisville did, but to act like we are, there's, to act like there's a different standard for Louisville is, yeah, it's just it's crazy. I mean, I think I think people have known that it's been going on for a lot. I mean, hell, the Tennessee football program got outed by having all these like hostesses girls, and all, there's this whole program that's been going on for years. Ohio State had very something very similar, and you can, without having to look too hard, see it for what it is. And again, not excusing what Louisville did. Just saying to act like we're lone offenders is, is, is fairly outrageous. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break. When we come back, more from you guys on the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show with Matt McGavick here in studio on 1450 The Big X. Matt Dennison here inviting you to join me weekdays at 11 a.m. for the Hoosier Report. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers, interviews with prominent figures in Kentuckiana sports, and discussion of other sports topics important to Southern Indiana. That's the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Weekdays at 11 a.m. on the home for the Hoosiers, 1450 WXVW. Hey, Cards fans, UofL's nationally ranked and globally recognized 20-month professional MBA combines the experience of a top-rated program with the convenience of evening class. Learn from world-class faculty as well as regional and national business leaders. Connect with industry experts, expand your professional network, hone your skills, and advance your career without interrupting it. Get started today and earn your MBA. Visit business.louisville.edu backslash MBA. Until about 10 years ago, for any electrical work I needed at my house, I was always calling a different electrician, sometimes for the same job. Things weren't done right and they weren't done on time, but for the last 10 years, Allen Electrical has been the only one I call. The work is unparalleled, it's prompts, the team's the epitome of professionalism. <laughs> you know, when I see an Allen Electrical truck in a neighbor's driveway, I kind of smile because I know they're getting the best. Allen Electrical, your electrician for life. Visit allenelectrical.com. They'll never leave you in the dark. Kratz Sporting Goods is Southern Indiana's team sports specialist and is your local Adidas team product dealer. Kratz specializes in outfitting your team, organization, club, or business in apparel, hard goods, and accessories from Adidas and many others. Kratz offers fundraising opportunities for your team, organization, or club through online web stores. Let our friendly staff get you started today by calling 812-282-5400 or visit and shop at our website at kratzsports.com. Roosters, a fun, casual joint. Join us at Roosters every Monday, all day, for the boneless wing special. Only 79 cents each. Roosters has salads, wings, sandwiches, pizzas, and all of your favorite adult beverages. Roosters has a great family atmosphere. Fun for the whole family. Roosters has TVs everywhere, so you can watch your favorite team. Roosters on Dixie Highway, Preston Highway, Fern Creek, Shelbyville Road, and Springhurst. The plumbers, pipe fitters, welders, and HVAC technicians of Local 502's commitment to excellence can be seen in our community every day. The KFC Yum Center, Ford Motor Company, and the Omni Hotel are just a few examples of their professional craftsmanship. Local 502 has been part of our community for over a century and invests over $1 million annually training skilled local workers. Members of Local 502 are your friends, neighbors, and children's coaches. 
For more information, go to lu502.com. Local 502, built on excellence, building a better tomorrow. One of your favorite childhood memories is probably those visits to your local bakery and all those wonderful aromas fresh out of the oven. Chances are that bakery was Williams Bakery, 1051 North Clark Boulevard, Clarksville. Open seven days a week, Williams Bakery is Clark County's only remaining full-service bakery. Stop by so they can serve you. Or phone Ernie Polston and his dedicated staff at 284-2867. That's 284-2867. Mitch Craig Heating and Cooling, serving the Kentuckiana area, specializing in residential change-out. Mitch Craig Heating and Cooling offers free second opinions. If you get some bad news from your heating and air guy, call Mitch Craig Heating and Cooling. 812-786-0469 for a second opinion. Call Mitch Craig Heating and Cooling. Again, 812-786-0469. Hey, where did we go? Days when the rains came Down in the hollow Playing a new game Laughing and running Hey, hey Skipping and jumping In the misty morning fog With our oh, hearts that thumping at you My brown-eyed girl Everybody sing it You, my Song. Welcome back in. Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here, 1450-961, The Big X. I just saw this during the break. Uh, sad news out of NASA. The Artemis mission to the moon. Delayed again. Mm-hmm. We're not going for, I guess, September 2025 uh, September 2025 will be Artemis 2, and September 2026 will be Artemis 3. Safety is NASA's top priority. But womp, na- womp. Yeah, now targeting uh, the late 2025 for its crewed missions around the moon. I'm kind of excited about going back to the moon. I mean, we never got to experience it the first several times it happened. Are they going to put people back on the moon anytime soon, or is it just like probes and such? That, I think the second one, they're they're we're going to go back to walking on the moon. We're, it'll be okay. a, a manned mission in 2025. I think we'll just orbit. I do like that NASA is just sort of like we're seeing how well reboots are doing in America right now. Mm-hmm. Why not just bring it back? Like this is our own Top Gun. Maverick, like let's just make it happen. People are gonna love this, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm excited to watch this. I, I, it'll be great. I think I'll be locked in. You're gonna have a moon base somehow. What? I mean, I never, never got to see the first one. Didn't you see? I haven't, I haven't, nobody's landed on the moon since I've been alive. Let's make it happen. Why not? Let's let's, let's get it going. Come on, step it up. <laughs> uh, did you? See, wasn't there supposed to be? Speaking of things that we're bringing back, wasn't there supposed to be a trailer for the new EA college football game last uh, night that just didn't drop? Apparently, because I, I I did read into that. But before coming in, uh, there was in the original reporting of it, there was a chance, a low chance that it would happen, but it wasn't confirmed. And that like other social channels took the original reporting and interpreted it as, mm. as okay, yeah, it's definitely going to happen. And then as more time went on, they that just kind of took on a life of its own. I mean, come on, just you know, get it out there, make it happen. Come on, guys. You've had like 10 years to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. Get it going. Uh, the other big news of the day in, in the world of sports outside of college <clears throat> is uh, Mike Vrabel fired by the Tennessee Titans. Kind of a surprise. I mean, I, I, I guess that Titans fans weren't overly upset about it, but it still seems like kind of a, a, a shock considering this is a guy who led them to four consecutive winning seasons uh, after arriving in 2018. I know they've had a, a couple frustrating years back-to-back, but still, um, 
I, I don't know. If, if I'm somebody else, I, I scoop him up. I mean, I, they're if like, I'm the Patriots, I fire Bill Belichick now. Which that seems to be a lot of people are like, he'd be a great fit in New England. I mean, I saw a lot of Ohio State fans were like, let's get rid of Ryan Day right now and bring, bring in Vrabel. Uh, he can beat uh, he, he can beat Harbaugh. Well, I, I don't know, but that seemed, that was kind of a, I, I was surprised to see it happen. Um, who knows? I, I wasn't surprised. I was a little bit shocked. Like, I, I could have seen it coming. If I could have seen it happen, I couldn't have seen it not happening just because of how kind of lifeless the Titans have looked the last two seasons. The other news that, that I, I they caught my eye that I had on my list here, uh, I, I did love last night. We've talked about the comparisons to Michigan, from Michigan to Louisville, and how you know Michigan fans who have said, like, we were the rightful 2013 champions are now going to have to potentially make the same argument when it comes to their football team. Yep. The comparisons continued. Jim Harbaugh, after the game last night, saying that he's going to get a tattoo. Of the, uh, I did see that. He said, yeah. I told the players I don't have any tattoos anywhere, but if we go 15-0, I'm getting a 15-0 tattoo. I'm going to put it on my shoulder. And I was like, I've seen this song and dance play out before. It doesn't end well. Let's just go. I, like, What else is left besides them? I, I mean, like, you know, J.J. Diculous, is that going to become his new nickname? Like, all the comparisons here are just, uh, they're outlandish now at this point. But, uh, yeah, Michigan – Seeming very similar to, to Louisville's basketball. Time is a flat circle. It really is. It all, it all comes back. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. we got Matt McGavick here in studio. Follow him on Twitter again, at Matt underscore McGavick. Uh, text says, when's Trevor coming back? Trevor will be back Friday. Is the Are we sure? That's the, the plan. <laughs> I think we'll have Scoots tomorrow and Thursday back here. Trevor back on Friday, which will be good because we'll have, you know, both of our teams are playing in the playoffs. Now, Trevor will be – his Eagles don't play until Monday. Mm-hmm. But I've got uh, – the, the Lions playing Sunday night. We need to preview that, and we'll have you know, basketball to talk about too. NC State game on Saturday, which will be – yeah. Baseball's well, just around the corner. Baseball's coming up. we got the Reds. They're looking good. Making some moves finally in the offseason. Very excited for pitchers and catchers to report. You've got the Ellie Dale Cruz jersey on today. You're looking great. Yeah, yeah right. Looking wonderful. Uh, you had – because you're a Colts fan, correct? Unfortunately. That was a rough weekend for you. Have oh you re- have you recovered yet? I, I feel like the the scene from Malcolm in the Middle, I expected nothing, and I'm still disappointed. <laughs> like – in the grand scheme of things, it was still a much more successful season than I thought we could have had, considering we went like three or four wins or something like that last season. But still, we had gotten to that point where all we need to do is win one more game. And for the second bleeping year in a row, the one game that we need to win to get to the postseason, we pissed down our leg. And yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to calm down. Now. It's okay. It's all right. You'll be, you know, you've had success before. I don't feel that sorry for you. That's, that's true. It'll yeah. be fine. All right, 502-414-1450, back to the Thornton Sacks line. Texter says, why don't we uh, own the villain role? Great branding. Didn't we, I feel like Louisville fans kind of tried to do that a few years ago. And where, it didn't really last that long, honestly. Because nobody, you know, it's fun to be the villain if you're playing on a level playing field. But, like, I, I think we feel like we've been villainized and also punished like a villain when, you know, at some point you're like, okay, just treat us like everybody else. And then when the product on the core on the court and on the field, it kind of takes a downturn. It's not really fun to be the villain anymore. Yeah, we're not really like the Joker villain because we're not. There, there, there are no victories here. We're kind of like the the Jared Leto Joker. The, yeah. <laughs> we're like the. I was thinking more like the Brooklyn Brawler oh. <laughs> villain from from wrestling back in the day. We're kind of just a jobber who's out there just to get our asses kicked every week. Uh, by the way, latest net rankings today. Uh, uh-huh. Louisville up one spot to Woo. number two sixty two in the net rankings. The women are number twenty, so still looking good there. Go ladies. Men, step it up. 
I did like that. Speaking of the, the the morality conversation and all the stuff, you know, does should you put morals in front of winning? I did like seeing all the athletic programs today releasing how well they did in the classroom. Everyone's kind of like, yeah, and like you knew the yeah. the men's basketball account that put out like, hey, like great, like like and like you knew the person was like, I dare somebody to say something. And of course, there are like two people in the in the uh, in the comments that are like, only place they can win right now is in the classroom. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's there's always going to be something. A couple or a couple of. Pro- Reply guys are going to get in on that. Absolutely, the poor social media folks. They're, they're doing, you know, they have to do. Like, you can't just not do anything with that job, and so they're posting stuff, knowing damn well what the responses God. are going to be. It's like you just you I, throw it and you hide. I bet that poor social media manager has seen some crazy stuff over the past couple seasons. Are you blocked by Nolan Smith, by the way? I am not. Actually. Did you avoid the block? I I avoided the block somehow. Let me check, make sure I'm not blocked. Actually, before I say that, I'm still I'm still not blocked. Still good here. I, I haven't said anything. I don't think I've said anything derogatory or inflammatory. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we're... No, yeah, he hasn't blocked me yet. I mean, I was blocked by Bobby Petrino just because Keith wrote something that, that Bobby didn't that, that uh, Bobby's <laughs> social media guy didn't like. It wasn't even Bobby. It was That was one of the weirdest situations of all time. It was that Andy Wagner, who like was his kind of right-hand man mm-hmm. while he was here, yeah. and he would block anybody on Twitter who said anything negative about Bobby from the Bobby account. And so... Keith just wrote some. It was. It was. It wasn't even like a, a slam. It was during 2017 when the defense was playing so poorly, and it was a very level-headed. I thought like you know, Petrino can't. You know, he sometimes he tries to act like he's just the coach slash offensive coordinator. Like the, the when the defense is bad, it's on you. It doesn't matter if you're an offensive head coach. Like you, like all aspects of this program fall on you. Mm-hmm. And like I thought it was level-headed. I thought it was well-reasoned. Blocked. Apparently, Andy Wagner did not blocked Keith, and then blocked me because it came from it was on my website, which was weird because we were still at that point in time having weekly interviews with Bobby Petrino. So you know, I'm like, does he even know? And he, and he would come, he came on like the next day to the radio show, like in studio, and was like, "Hey, Mike, how's it going?" And he had the classic Bobby, and I was like, I don't think he has any idea that he's like literally blocked me on Twitter, and from that point forward, his like his little stooge would always when I came around. Would just like act like he got a phone call and just walk away every single time, and I was like, "This, this, absolutely." It, it was kind of the same deal with me and a uh, former defensive coordinator Brian Brown. Like he had me blocked for a couple seasons, and I never found out why because I, I never at him on anything. I never, I mean, anything never ever. Well. Anything I ever said about the defense was only like fair criticism. But like the, I would actively see him like run into him while he had me blocked and like dap dap him up, chat with him. And I'm just like, yeah, you've, you've got me blocked on Twitter for some That's reason. Very, yeah, very, very strange. I think people, you know, these are busy people. Maybe sometimes they just forget. I don't know. Texas, I'm both a U of L and a Braves fan. I was at a Braves game in 2022 when accused but not convicted domestic abuser Marcelo Zuna hit a go-ahead homer in the bottom of the eighth to lift them to a win over the Dodgers. I felt very dirty, even halfway cheering for him as he rounded the bases. Chris Bird is Chris Beard is going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah, I mean. I think you have to sort of you have to figure out where your own personal limit is, and yeah, I mean, if you've cheered for any sports team, you've probably found yourself in this situation before. Like I remember when the Reds got a roll to Chapman, like he, the, 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 more stuff has come out since he left the Reds, but there were definitely some like very very weird and some very like like clearly like like stuff like this is not not okay stuff happening, and it was like how. You, know, you still, I guess, you kind of cheer like it's just one guy. It's just, but when it's the head coach, I feel like it's a little bit different. I think Reds fans also. I mean, for a long time, you had Mart Shot, who was. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could, you know, so she she had like 
Nazi memorabilia in her office. Like there was weird, and you know, she was winning world championships and making the Reds as good as they've been in a long, long time. It, you know, I think everyone just kind of has to figure out where your what your breaking point is when it comes to this stuff. Texas, I'm fine with not wanting with not wanting beard, but no to Cronin. Please no. I feel like this is the this is the coaching search rally cry that's gotten the most steam over the past week. And I, I think that I think there was a portion of the fan base that was looking for a reason to just like point to and say no to Mick Cronin because I mean, mm-hmm. like two years ago when this coaching search was open. The, the the Mick Cronin response was just vehemently negative when, when he got thrown out there as a candidate. I mean, everyone's like, no, 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 no. Everyone Twitter, no, 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 no. Text line, no, 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 no. And then since then he's had some success. He went to the Final Four in 2021. Uh, I think he's been to, what, three straight second weekends, had some good teams. But he's angry a, a lot, which doesn't exactly rub people the right way. Nope. I think people remember the fact that he was always good but not great at Cincinnati and never made an NCAA tournament run there despite being there for almost two decades. And, and now you've not only got him coaching a bad team at UCLA, which is 6-9, and nine, but you've got him kind of just fumbling all the off-the-court stuff. Not Yeah, now he's actively avoiding uh, post-game press conferences. Not doing pressers, throwing the players under the bus. And, and the... The off the court stuff, it seems like no. Granted, it's different, but like we've had issues with the way that Kenny Payne has handled the media and the way that he's handled his press conferences. So if you're not gonna, you know, like if you can't handle it well at UCLA, where the, the program's won more national titles, it's it's higher in the the hierarchy of the sport than Louisville, but there's less media attention. I think there's less fan criticism. You've got less of a, a, a rabid fan base, at least that's in your own backyard. Like there's other stuff to do. You know, the if you're a UCLA basketball fan and the program stinks right now, the team stinks. You got the Rams to watch this weekend. You've got you've got you've got the beach to go to. Like they just they don't care the, the way that we care. It's it's just different. And if he can't stand up to that pressure in this situation, like I, I think you kind of worry what he's going to do at a place like Louisville, right? Because I mean, Cincinnati, you're not playing first fiddle there either. Um, so yeah. Texas is all right. Since Will Wade couldn't cover 19 and a half last night, we move on to Oates tonight. If Oates doesn't cover <laughs> 11 and a half tonight against South Carolina, you've got to mark him off the list. I told you, stay away from I mean, McNeese State, 19 and a half points on the road. I don't care who they're playing. That's a, a large number. Stay away from it. Uh, we do have Alabama in action tonight. The computers still love Alabama, despite their just whatever 9 and 5 record. Uh, they're playing South Carolina, resurgent South Carolina. Under Lamont Paris, they are an 11.5-point home favorite this evening as we get the SEC Tuesdays going. Kentucky plays somebody not good tonight. Who is it? Missouri? Is that right? Uh, I, th- I think it is Missouri. It's, it's one yeah, of those. It's Missouri, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those where I looked at him like, is there a chance they lose this game? No. no yeah. No, 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 no. Missouri at home is coming off of a loss to, I think, Georgia, who's, who's terrible. Um, so not a lot of hope there for the Cats to fall tonight. But Yeah, Missouri's lost four of the last five. So, yeah. What are your thoughts on NATO? Because you talk, you, you know, you talk about kind of off the court stuff, and NATO didn't have any of that until last year when they. I think it's kind of be. It's honestly, it's been forgotten about a little bit because Alabama lost early in the NCAA tournament, at least yeah. earlier than they were supposed to. But the Brandon Miller situation, you had the player involved in the murder, and then they they felt like they actively were trying to cover up that other players were at the scene, and then like you know, you know the, the Miller doing the. What the, the the kind of the gun thing during oh, the yeah, yeah like yeah, it was yeah. it was all it felt like it was handled very poorly and that's another situation where it's like dude you know we care more about basketball than Alabama does if you're going to have these missteps off the court at a place like Bama and 
get local criticism there. Imagine that fivefold at a place like Louisville. He plays an exciting style. He does have a brash personality. He, he clearly has won at Alabama. If he can win there, you'd think he could win here. What, what do you think yeah. about Oates? I, I like Oates as the coach. I, I would be curious to see how many Louisville fans would be open to his style. Not not saying he has a bad style. His, his style is high-flying offense. It's exciting. But I think historically when you think about Louisville basketball, it's more defensive-oriented, full-court press, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd be willing to bet that like there would be – some pockets of the fan base who would say no to Nate Oates just because of the style of basketball he plays. I, I wouldn't say that would be a large segment, but I would almost bet that there would be a segment there. As far as the off-the-court stuff, I de- I feel better about him than I do Beard. That's for sure. Yeah. But it, it, it is very hard to ignore the absolute fumbling of the PR stuff on that front. You hope it's like a Learning curve situation where, yeah. like, you know, you, you found, well, first of all, you hope you're never in that situation at Louisville if you get the job. Right. But you do, like, there's going to be, you know, bad stuff you have to address. It's, it's the case for any job. And I think you have to hope that because he went through that, what he went through at Alabama, he's learned from it and he's going to be better moving forward. I, I think your issues with the, it's like anything else, though. Your issues with the system are, are correct when you're losing games. When you're winning games, I mean, he's got the number one offense in the country right now, according to Ken Palm, but the number 76 defense. And that's yeah. kind of been their thing the last few years. They were better defensively last year than they've been in his other seasons at Alabama, but still they're giving up a ton of points because they're scoring a lot of points. They're playing high-possession games. So if he comes here and he's winning at a, at a high level, the fans are like, cool. But the second you lose those two or three games that you're not supposed to lose in conference play mm-hmm. – I miss the Patino defense. Like we used to win with yep. defense. That's the you yep. know you, you don't lose these types of games if you're a, a strong defensive team, and I do think that would be an issue for him. At the same time, if we're going to nitpick all these coaches, at some point we're going to have to acknowledge, and this has been my point for the last two years when we've done this. There's not a Patino type guy out there who just checks every box. Like we, unless we do get Scott Drew. Or I mean, who I don't even know who they like the Scott Drew caliber. Who else would be like a tier one coach that's even available for us? Like we're probably going to have to get somebody that you look at and you're like, he's not perfect, but like hopefully he can become perfect and, and grow into the job a little right. bit here. Just because like you, you start checking off these guys that we have problems with. I don't want Cronin for this reason. I don't want Oates for this reason. I don't want you know Beard for this reason. I don't want whoever for this reason. And then you start looking at the the landscape of the sport and you're like, okay, well who else is available? There's just there aren't that many guys out there. I mentioned this yesterday. You've got seven coaches out there that have won national titles. Seven active coaches who have won national titles. Mm-hmm. And most of them they ain't going anywhere. Like right. Izzo's not leaving Michigan State. Hurley's not leaving UConn. Uh, I mean, Bill Self's not leaving Kansas. Like like the the home run higher, everyone's like, Josh has to crush it. Josh has to have a home have a home run higher. I don't know if there's a coach out there that we're all going to agree is a home run hire. I don't think so. Who's even know. interested in the job? And that's going to it's a we're so used to not being in that situation because we've had so few coaching searches at this program and the one big one that we had before this recent period of turmoil, there was a white whale out there in Rick Pitino that that Tom Jurich explicitly came out before he even started the search and was like I want Rick Pitino. And if you got Rick Pitino, you knew he was going to win, regardless of how you felt about him. And there's not a guy like out like, like that out there right now, unless you talk about Billy Donovan or Jay Wright, who neither of whom seem interested in coaching college basketball again. Nope. So, I don't know. It, it's At some point, you're going to have to, I hate to use the word, like settle, but you're going to have to settle. Texture says, um, 
30 minutes of consecutive coherent conversation to begin the show. This must at least tie a Rutherford Show record. Jokes aside, great show today. This happens every time you're in when people are like, they're actually talking about I, rem- I was about to say, I remember you. some texts were saying that the last time that I was here. Yeah. This would, uh, yeah, this this would have. Let's do our because um, people are like, "What about this guy? What about this guy?" Let's do our our, our coaching candidate of the day. Let's make this happen. So we've had the "What about this guy?" segment. <laughs> yeah, what what about this guy? This is the you know, what I'm hearing. And people are like, "What are you hearing new?" I'm like, "I'm not hearing anything." So let's just make up something. We've had three coaches the last uh, three shows who've been interested in the job: Mitch Henderson of Princeton, Grant McCaslin of Texas Tech, and Fran McCaffrey of Iowa. Very angry, but very interested in the Louisville job. All the palpable buzz surrounding all three of these guys. Uh, Matt McGavitt, give me a number between 1 and 75. 69. 69. All right. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. What did I do? What did I do? You know what I'm hearing? Don't you dare say Tom Green. He may be looking for a job soon. And if Michigan does move on from Jawan Howard, Jawan Howard uh. would be interested <laughs> in getting the, the Louisville job. <laughs> you don't like what Kenny Payne's done here? Could I interest you in Jawan Howard? And what he what he's been doing? Add him, add him to the list. He's a candidate. B- boom, palpable buzz out there surrounding Jawan Howard's interest in the Louisville gig. There you go. Jawan Howard joins the list. Um, oh that's I mean he's not even really coaching the team right now. I but I think I'd rather have anyone else on the Fat Five <laughs> than him. Give me a Jawan Howard, uh, Chris Mullen, Isaiah Thomas staff. Let's make it happen. Patrick Ewing's available. Throw him out there. Let's let's get it going. Um, just slapping his way to the top. It's, it's, it's good. That's the worst one out of the four we've had so far. That's that's the least likely to actually get the job. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It can't happen. We 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 can't. If we hire Jawan Howard, I'd be like, I'm done. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. out. Fun guy. I enjoy Jawan Howard, but can't hire a guy like that. Texas says uh, 502-414-1450. I agree somewhat on hiring a coach who has skirted NCAA rules because every successful college program did that, but I'm wary of coaches who seem to have a poor moral compass. They may not bring the problems with the NCAA, but they may bring a variety of other problems that could be much worse. For sure. For sure. Exactly. Exactly my thoughts, Dexter. Thank you. I think that's why like when Josh hired the the consulting firm to help him out with the last and I, you, he came back with some negative reports on some guys that that were primary candidates, candidates that the the fan base was interested in. But when you're in a position like Louisville where, again, like we have been painted as all that's wrong with college basketball, both in like traditional cheating with with the the paying players and the FBI stuff, and then gross moral off-the-court stuff, like you can't have a situation where you hire a guy who maybe doesn't have that type of background or that type of reputation, but who behind the scenes may be involved in some type of activity that makes him seem like a ticking time bomb. Because when he blows, you can't have it be at at your school. Otherwise, it becomes like, how did you not know this? How did you not research this? How did you? And I I think there are guys out there that fit that description that the fan base is like, hey, why not this guy? And and Josh is like, because I'm worried he's going to get caught doing something he's not supposed to be doing when he's at Louisville. So I, I agree with the texter as well. Like, if it's a middle fingers of the NCAA type deal, that's one thing. If it's this guy's kind of a, a, a bad human being and maybe it becomes public knowledge while he's at Louisville, then yeah, that, that's, that's a different, different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Texture says, um, also had sprinkled to Utah State jokingly yesterday. Well, he was on the list. Uh, that was a different list that we were talking about. There was some <laughs> a texter, and the text line just wants us to talk about college basketball coaching searches constantly. And somebody texted in a list of like 30 candidates. Oh, God. And was like, 
can you talk about some of these guys and which ones of these do you think would actually be on the list? And uh, I think it was Scoots, uh, Justin Cam was looking at it, and he was like, I have no idea who the hell Danny Sprinkle is. And I was like, Utah State head coach. Uh, Utah State's had a good run of coaches. Uh, Craig Smith, who I jokingly brought up as you know, the, the potential candidate earlier, who's at Utah now, did a good job while he was there. Um, they had uh, Stu Morrill, the guy who looked like kind of a Clydesdale. He looked like a horse. He kind of walked like a horse. He was there forever and was awesome um, before he retired. And now Danny Sprinkle, I want to say this is his first year because he's replacing um, uh, Ryan Odom, who came over mm-hmm. from UMBC after beating Virginia and ha- having a couple years there. Now he got the job at VCU. So Sprinkles, this is his first year as the head coach, and he's um, he's doing well. Utah State's good. Utah State's always good, though. It, it, it's an underrated program. Came over from Montana State. Don't think he's green enough to get the Louisville job, but no. Danny Sprinkle, put him on the list. Why not? I, I've said this, and I know we're up against the end of the hour, so if it's not, I have to cut you off. But I think that Louisville fans, whoever we get, we're talking about, we're like nitpicking all these candidates. I think that we will talk ourselves into whoever the choice is because we're so desperate to be good. Like we're now, yeah. it's not going to be like, oh, I'm holding it again. Like if Danny Sprinkle got the job, we would do what we do with Satterfield 10 times over and be like, you know, I love his offense. I love what he did at Utah State. I love his Montana State tenure. Like whoever we get, I think we'll yeah. be like, we're so desperate for anybody who can win. We'll be like, yeah. He's competent enough. It, it's going to be so much better than what Louisville has now that no matter what sort of like pros and cons you'll have, like people will be so more so enamored by the pros than maybe concerned about the cons. And for now, that will be enough. We'll, we'll go to break here. Five o'clock hour is on the way next. We'll rehash some thoughts on the football front. Take some more text from you guys as well. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big Radio, 1450 and 96.1 FM, WXVW, Jeffersonville, W230CK, Jeffersonville. Hi, this is New Albany Mayor Jeff Gahan. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish New Albany and the Bulldogs the best of luck this season. It's going to be a special season. Thanks for making New Albany proud. We have a lot to be proud of here in New Albany, most importantly our schools. The citizens of New Albany and Floyd County are investing $87 million to make our public schools even better than before. Our students will be safer and they'll even have a greater opportunity to reach their potential. Come see for yourself why the city of New Albany is where you should be. If you're near retirement or thinking about retiring, you probably have a lot of questions. How do you make your savings last? How much should you take out and when? You're ready for a retirement, but are your finances? I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Scott Aldridge. Let's work together to help make sure your finances meet your unique needs over the long haul. You've done what it takes to get there. Now it's time to make the most of retirement. Call us at 812-282-0000 to schedule an appointment. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Until about 10 years ago, for any electrical work I needed at my house, I was always calling a different electrician, sometimes for the same job. Things weren't done right and they weren't done on time, but for the last 10 years, Allen Electrical has been the only one I call. The work is unparalleled, it's prompts, the team's the epitome of professionalism. (laughs) You know, when I see an Allen Electrical truck in a neighbor's driveway, I kind of smile because I know they're getting the best. Allen Electrical, your electrician for life. Visit allenelectrical.com. They'll never leave you in the dark.
T.A. Jenkins and T.A. Jenkins Company, LLC. Proud sponsor of high school basketball on the Big X. Call Terry Jenkins at 812-989-7381 for your residential and commercial construction needs. Design, build, or remodel, it's T.A. Jenkins Company, LLC, located in New Albany. Email Terry at tajenkins at tajenkinsco.com. That's G-I-N-K-I-N-S, T.A. Jenkins Company. In 1947, Callista Smith opened his Starlight home to the insurance needs of Southern Indiana. In 75 years, we've become this area's most trusted agency. Today, our principles remain the same. Our qualified staff continues to build customer trust, providing unmatched personal service. We feature Auto Owners Insurance, an industry leader. Auto Owners stands for the best in life, home, car, and business insurance. Callista Smith Insurance, celebrating 75 years of service. Are you and your family in the market for a new fence? Then look no further than EAC Fence. Proudly serving over 29 counties in Kentucky and Southern Indiana, we guarantee each customer will receive high quality workmanship and competitive pricing. Whether you want privacy, protection, call EAC Fence at 812-984-3014 or visit EACFence.com. Roosters, a fun, casual joint. Join us at Roosters every Monday, all day, for the boneless wing special. Only 79 cents each. Roosters has salads, wings, sandwiches, pizzas, and all of your favorite adult beverages. Roosters has a great family atmosphere. Fun for the whole family. Roosters has TVs everywhere, so you can watch your favorite team. Roosters on Dixie Highway, Preston Highway, Fern Creek, Shelbyville Road, and Springhurst. The plumbers, pipe fitters, welders, and HVAC technicians of Local 502's commitment to excellence can be seen in our community every day. The KFC Yum Center, Ford Motor Company, and the Omni Hotel are just a few examples of their professional craftsmanship. Local 502 has been part of our community for over a century and invests over $1 million annually training skilled local workers. Members of Local 502 are your friends, neighbors, and children's coaches. For more information, go to lu502.com. Local 502, built on excellence, building a better tomorrow. Five o'clock hour here, Tuesday edition of the Mike Weatherford Show, 1450-961, streaming wherever you can stream radio shows here on the Big X. Matt McGavick with me in studio from Louisville Report. Follow him on Twitter, at Matt underscore McGavick. Also check out all of his stuff over there at Louisville Report. Um, what's going on in Louisville Report besides just like preparing for more portal news? What's the biggest late scoop, the biggest late Matt McGavick hot opinion that's out there on the interwebs? Well, I mean, I would have something about basketball, but every time I write about basketball, <laughs> it gets no traction whatsoever. So honestly, it, it's really it, it, nowadays it's really just like, hey, what's going on with the portal? What's going on with football news? Yada yada yada. And, and typical end of season type content, which I'm going to get into like more heavily as like the end of the month gets here. But while we're still waiting on like the roster to be quote unquote finalized heading into spring, it's kind of in a I'm kind of in a waiting period to see like how that shakes out before I start like kind of starting to break to break down the roster on that front. I know you and I kind of did the same thing on basketball where it was we sort of wrote a like state of the program type thing in 
I guess like December, early December. I want. Oh, say. after the Arkansas State game, I wrote yeah. a column saying that they needed to fire him. Right and I think there. it got to a point there where it was like, I feel like every time somebody's like, "You need to write about this," or "You need to call," I'm like, I'm like "Just refer." I, I can only write the same thing so many times. And you're right when you're, when you're writing about like the the ins and the outs of a 13 point loss to Pitt. There's only so mm-hmm. much interest in that. I think that you could get like, the easiest way in the world to drum up attention for a website or for a radio show or for whatever when it comes to local sports right now is just anything revolving the coaching search. And so I thought we could do like a 356 coaching candidate tournament and just like it, it would generate more traffic than any sort of like, hey, here's a Louisville Miami preview. Let's see how Louisville's yep. going to handle North exactly. Shadow Mirror on the inside. Like if I would, it'd be better for me to just do like, hey, <laughs> Wes Unsell Jr. versus uh, Rodney Terry from Texas. Coaching, who would you prefer? The ins and the outs of each one, and just do that for the next two months, or just make something up. If, if I just posted a, if I posted a, a story link that said Bruce Pearl eyeball emoji and had nothing there, it would get way more clicks yep. than like a twelve hundred word piece. On the state of U of L basketball right now, You're Mark Pope. Wrong. Hearing about what I'm hearing about Mark Pope, and then the body of the story is just like he's having a great year at BYU. <laughs> Million clicks, <laughs> boom, done. Yep. It's all anybody cares about at this point. It's a sad state of affairs, but it's where we are. Football, on the other hand, uh, people very very excited about what uh, Jeff Brom and company are doing in the transfer portal. The nation also paying a little bit of attention. I, I figured that Louisville would be featured prominently in, in a lot of these early top 25s that are going to start coming out this week. And, and they have uh, the, the, I mentioned this earlier, the on three top 25 has Louisville at number 19. Athlon has the cards at number 23. ESPN has Louisville at number 24. And one more that's out there. Who am I forgetting? Uh, somebody else has Louisville at number 20. I know I saw one poll out there that actually didn't have them at all. I can't remember who it oh, was. Oh, really? Though. Yeah. 24-7 Sports has them at 20. Gotcha. Somebody, well, you know, who communists out there just don't have Louisville in the top 25 we don't care about them we, we, we don't need them around but Louisville is getting a lot of buzz for next year do you think that because there's been this whole talk for a long time about how college football is really the only major American sport where preseason rankings preseason whatever prognostications they kind of matter because you have to position yourself to to you know to be one of the top two teams or more recently one of the top four teams yeah with the 16 team playoff or 12 team playoff coming up I mean, I feel like they kind of matter a little bit, but but maybe not as much as they have in the past. What's your take? I mean, it, it matters a little bit because I mean, if you're going to start positioning yourself for next season, I mean, that starts the me- the moment the previous season ends. Like you, the jockeying for position starts way before the games actually take place, and and so like perception to an extent does matter, especially in college football, where perception plays a big role in where you're seated in the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. What Louisville has going for it right now in terms of the offseason is they're they're farther ahead than a lot of these programs when it comes to developing their roster through the transfer portal. So people know, oh look, they've got a few four star kids. They got the MAC Offensive Player of the Year running back. They've got their quarterback for next season. They're bringing back Ashton Gelade. They maybe are bringing back Quincy Riley. Uh, We'll find out maybe before the end of the show. Maybe not. Who knows? I'm sure it'll be six oh five if that if that news comes out. Uh, You know, they've brought in this guy. They've brought in that guy. So I I do think that Louisville is more. They're certainly not a finished product roster wise, but they're closer to being that than a lot of teams that are out there, which makes them easier to rank. And and plus, they're coming off of a year where they won ten games and and they finished. I I mean, most of these early top twenty fives are just. 
hey, like this team finished in this general area, unless they lost everybody, I'm going to kind of slot them around that same position. Yeah. And Louisville, we found it today, finished number 19 in the AP poll, its highest postseason ranking uh, since 2013. Yep. And so it's understandable why you'd be like, okay, cool. They, they look like they're going to be pretty good again next year. Maybe the same type of team. We're going to have them at 19. Uh, Ty Spalding texted me and said, uh, rivals, if we're doing all these rankings, Yahoo has – Louisville at number 25. The Athletic has the highest ranking of Louisville that we've seen so far at number 16. So hmm. this is why you should all pay for The Athletic. It's clearly the best the journalism is out amazing, there. Yeah. It's fantastic. They know what they're doing. They're, they're wonderful. They're great. But it is, I mean, especially with – here's the way the next, like, nine months are going to go. The next two months are going to suck, okay? Yes. The next two months are going to suck. We, we may get some more transfer portal news, but for the most part, like, the big – the feeding frenzy of, of Louisville football news has come and gone. There are going to be some some good pieces of news here and there, but basketball is going to be bad. Then I, I think the nine months that are going to take place after we get to March are going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun because I do think you'll have a co- basketball coaching search. That's going to be – we're already talking about it ad nauseum on the show. And the coach is still there. And the coach is still – we don't even know if he's for sure going to be gone, but we assume he is. If, if he's not, then that's a you – know, take back everything that I'm about to talk about. But – <laughs> we'll have the the search for the coach. That'll be fun. We'll get our guy. I assume, even if it's somebody that the fan base isn't head over heels for, he will hopefully come in, say some things that get us all excited, maybe add some players that get us all excited. We'll talk ourselves into it. That'll be fun. You'll have spring practice going on. I know we'll all be very excited about that, especially this year with so many newcomers. And oh, absolutely. The quarterback battle and all that stuff going on. I, I think Dan McDonald's going to have – a team that bounces back. He's never had two terrible years in a row uh, at Louisville. I think he's embraced the transfer portal. They've changed some things up. I fully expect baseball to be fun again this spring. And then you'll get into the summer and you'll have it, – it'll be nice to hear Louisville. I think they'll be a trendy – kind of like they were a year ago, a trendy team that's talked about as an outside shot at crashing the playoff, a trendy team that's talked about as being you know, right there with Florida State. Maybe they can get back to the conference championship game. That'll be fun. And then football and hopefully a new era of basketball – will we'll make for a very, very exciting fall and winter. So I think that, really, it's easy to say, say and say now, but tough to actually go through. I think we just need to get through the next two months. The light is at the end of the tunnel, but the tunnel you're currently in is infested with rats and is leaking. It's very much an Andy Dufresne crawling through you know, 300 yards of, of, of bleep type <laughs> situation where it's like, you know the end's going to be really cool, but right now it's kind of hard to just to, to just to just see that. And certainly, you know, we've got women's basketball to get excited about. I've got the Lions to get excited about. You don't have the Colts to get excited about. Sorry. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm cheering for the Lions. We got, I mean, we have I'm a lot of form. You have former Louisville players in the NFL playoffs. You can pick a team to go for. You got 10 guys that are out there on, I think, seven different teams. So, like, technically, there's 11 because Fitzpatrick is on with the Steelers practice squad. Practice right? squad but yeah. 10, 10 players who are actually going to play. So, I mean, you've got. There are ample reasons to to be excited about the sports world for the next uh, year. I mean, the next couple months will be rough, but then after we get that, I think it's going to be a really fun year to be a Louisville fan, which we haven't said in a long time. I'm knocking on wood, and I'm I'm praying to the sports gods, but we'll see. It, it, it can't get there. It, we just we just we just got just got to get through there. Just ride the wave. The other ranking that came out today that I thought was maybe even more encouraging than the top 25 rankings that have been out there. College Football News ranked the 35 best transfer portal quarterbacks. They've got Tyler Shuck at number four, and they said this about him. The former Oregon Duck has number one overall NFL draft uh, pick size, uh, arm, mobility. He's the total package. He's had zero luck staying healthy throughout his career. Now he's off to Louisville to be Jeff Brom's main man. He'll be fabulous if he can finally catch a break. I think that's the 
it's kind of the overall takeaway. I mean, maybe not that extremely positive, but the general sense with Tyler Shuck, and this was what I first heard about when when I heard that we were kind of targeting him, was if he can stay healthy. Like he's a he's very much a tier A, tier B power conference quarterback. Yeah. And I think the only time that we've really seen that from him is the tail end of his twenty twenty two season at Texas Tech when he led them on the the three and zero end of the season, beat mm-hmm. Oklahoma where he threw for like four hundred and fifty yards and then won the, the the Texas Bowl against, what was that, Mississippi State? Or Ole Miss. Ole Miss. And he looked very good in that game as well. I think that was the first glimpse that we've gotten into how good this guy can be if he stays healthy. Now, he did lead Oregon to the Pac-12 title in the COVID-shortened season yeah. when he stayed mostly healthy. But you know his numbers were – it wasn't the same type of Oregon explosive offense that we're used to seeing. It was good, not great. But when you see the, the film – he can make throws that in this offense, Plummer you know, couldn't. Plummer couldn't. Like, like, like he can make plays with his feet. He's got a cannon. He, he can fit the ball into some some tight gaps. The two issues I think that you're concerned about. One, the obvious one is the health. He's gotten hurt pretty much all six seasons he's been playing college football. And then two, he has had a tendency to make some iffy decisions, which was also an issue with Jack Plummer last year. With Plummer, it came at crucial moments far too often. But there have been some times where Tyler Shuck maybe trusts the arm a little bit too much, sees something downfield that, that just isn't there, thinks he can squeeze a ball into a gap that he just simply can't. But if you can if you can keep him healthy, and then you, I think you trust Jeff Brom into saying, like, with, in our offense, there's going to be less cause to take chances like that. There's going to be guys all open all over the field. I feel kind of good about Tyler Shuck. I do, too. And, and the thing is, the, the concerns about Shuck are valid. I'm, I'm not trying to say they're not, because when you – Watching the film, it, it's easy to see the talent both with his arms and with his legs. But and but it is important to note that there have been some issues with you know trusting his arm a little bit too much, which is something that Plummer had. But like at least Shuck has the ability to make plays in other areas that Plummer just couldn't. I mean, Pl- Shuck is infinitely better runner than what Plummer is. I mean, there's there's no yeah. debating that. And he's so he's got the tools, and it is a concern with the injuries. But, and I say but, his injuries, when you look at them, it's not like there's some soft tissue issues or something that, like, right. it's a minor thing that he's just choosing to, to not play through. He's had, he's been extremely unlucky with major injuries. Like, I think in 22, it was his fibia or something like that. A lot that. of broken bones. Yeah. Give and this man some milk. And the, Yeah, seriously. And then the two seasons prior to that, there were various issues with his shoulder. Like, they were very serious, severe injuries. It's not like they were minor issues that he just couldn't overcome and just couldn't couldn't play up to his standard. Like, no, they were, they were serious things. So it's not like... It's not like he's soft, is what I'm trying to get at. Right. Like, he, what he, the injuries he's sustained have been extremely, I, I guess, noteworthy to, to kind of round circle this whole conversation it's just bad back. luck yeah exactly it's not like he has a lingering like the the acl is going to retail like, it, it's just been kind of freak injuries that have happened yeah but, but you know like the whole i feel like everything that we were told as kids about health and, and and food has just turned out to be a myth like i don't I don't believe anything anymore like the, you know they like it came out a few years ago like milk doesn't actually strengthen bones it doesn't help your bones at all carrots don't actually help your eyes is water good? I don't even know what to believe anymore. I mean, Chad Ochocinco would eat McDonald's all the time, and look what he turned out to be. It was what Tyreek Hill was walking into the 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 Dolphins game a few weeks ago with just McDonald's, bag of McDonald's. 
I think it's just all genetics and luck. He's just like me for real. God. I mean, and the thing is, like, then you have you have all these different health sources that will have conflicting stories. Like, there's a million stories. If you just like Google search coffee actually good for you, you'll find a lot of stories. If you found coffee terrible for you, you'll find a lot of stories there. I, I just don't believe anything anymore. So I don't, I don't know what we need to do to get Tyler Shuck's bones stronger, but we need to make it happen. Give him some adamantium. What's that? Adamantium. Adamantium. I don't know what that what, is. What it's uh, what makes a uh, Wolverine's bones? It's like what makes his bones strong. Well, Wolverine's all the rage these days, so it's, it's making it happen. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Thornton's text lines 502-414-1450. Texas says, "What's what was the Miles Slusher situation, Matt? Remember he we, we brought him in last year. He flipped from, to Colorado because he came in from Arkansas, right? We brought him in. It, it, he was going to help us out, and then he yeah. ended up going to the to Colorado when they offered him more money, but." We don't. You don't want that. Yeah, and and Slusher was announced on um, the early signing period, and then he flipped afterwards. So we don't want to announce kids that are just committed right now, but haven't actually signed. Like the because yeah, because with um, transfers, I mean the high school recruits, they actually sign a binding national letter of intent. The the transfers don't on the early signing period. What they quote unquote sign is just a financial aid agreement. They are not quote unquote official like the high school transfer players are until they actually enroll in classes. For instance, we've had Jalen Kimber, the the transfer quarterback from Florida, who's been committed to Louisville, but who also last week took a visit to to Texas A and M. And we, we had um, we, we've had a couple of commits, I think, who also have been committed to other places uh, in the transfer portal. So, you know, I, I mean, again, we feel like we've done a the bulk of shifting when it comes to the roster for next season in the last few weeks, and we probably have. But there's still going to be some moving and shaking that takes place after spring practice. Like we will, oh yeah, we'll lose some guys that have been members of last year's team that have stuck through the spring. We might lose some guys that we've gotten in the transfer portal right now. I mean, it happened. It happened last year. We we added Storm Duck late, like you said, from Penn State. We added Cameron Kelly, who'd gone to to Virginia. Both those guys had gone through spring practice at their new homes and then been like, eh, thanks, but no thanks. Um, I did. I was listening to Paul Rogers on the radio yesterday, and he was telling a story about how like he's he's friends with the Virginia play by play guy. And the Virginia guy was they're having a conversation about the transfer portal, and he said this uh, the Virginia guy was having this um, he was hosting this like luncheon mm-hmm. at somewhere in um, not Charlottesville but like uh, basically wherever Cameron Kelly's from his hometown, and he was like, "I'm preparing my opening remarks, and I'm I'm about to go on stage, and I'm about to be like, and we actually have a fantastic young man here from here that you all are very familiar with in, in Cameron Kelly. And he goes, somebody comes up to me right as I'm, before I'm about to go on stage. He's like, can you believe that about Cam Kelly? And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, he's he's, he's not on the team anymore. He's, he's, he's going to going to Louisville. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, I, did, I didn't know that. And that's how quickly things can change. And you just have to sort of prepare yourself for it. I mean, we're probably going to have some some new additions come this spring and some, some new hysterical. departures come this spring. Texas says, uh, what about Kim... <laughs> What about Kim English from Providence? What about Kim English from Providence? Got to make him say no. Got to make him say no. The problem with Kim English from Providence right now is they were having a great season, and they are liable to fall off a cliff now with Bryce Hopkins being out uh, with yeah. the ACL tear. And they've lost back-to-back games to Seton Hall and Creighton, and the Big East is no joke. Uh, I, 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 he looked like a hot coaching candidate because they, they played so well in the non-conference portion of the season. They could easily go like you know four and, and, and 14 in the Big East and – his name would not have quite as much shine no. if that were to happen, even with the injuries. Texas says, do you all worry that when we make it to the CFP championship, we have a showing like Washington last night? I, I would worry about that later. Yeah. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. I mean, the more apt, I think, 
comparison would be the TCU thing from last year. But the thing is now, that's because it's not a fluke if you win three or two games to get to the CFP championship and beat presumably two or three of the other best teams in college football. Right. If you just have a bad matchup, like it's not. Yeah, you know, last year people tried to do the thing where it was like TCU didn't belong. Clearly, I'm like, well, they they also beat Michigan in the semifinals. Like, this, it wasn't right. like they just got drafted into the title game. And then this year, you know, they would have done it with Florida State if they'd gotten hammered in the semifinals. But now, I mean, if, if let's say we're the sixth seed in the college football playoff, a couple of years from now, you got to beat the 11 seed. Then you have to go beat the three seed. Then you got to beat like if it plays out the two seed just to get to the championship yeah. so if you get blasted then it's not like you haven't earned your way right i mean like, and you'll have played several different assuming several different styles like and you you're accustomed to your your battle your battle ready at that point yeah so you're, you're probably less apt to get blown out versus under the fourteen format where maybe you got a good a favorable matchup right out of the gates and then you get to the championship game and you do not match up with the opponent at all and you get the doors blown off of you and it's even less likely than in basket like sometimes in basketball you the, the bracket can just break your way and you can go to the, the 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 final four and even the national title game without having to play a top three seed um and and then you would get exposed i think like the year the butler everyone was was remembering the butler uconn championship game last night because the cfp game was not good and they both were played in houston i think butler's bracket just kind of broke like san diego state last year is oh, they beat Alabama, so that's probably a bad example. But you know, they did get to play an eight seed in the Final Four. So when they did get kind of hammered by UConn, you were like, yeah, you know, it's not not quite as earned. You won't have those types of situations in the CFP because there's so many fewer teams, and you've got to earn your way into it. But I'm just excited for the opportunity. I think it's going to be so much fun. I saw they released the full schedule yesterday, as far as like the days of the bowl games and the quarterfinals and the semifinals. I still think it's so silly that they're not doing home sites, campus sites for at least the first two rounds because, and like, this is not a new opinion. I've said this before. I think it's going to change eventually because I think that the teams that get those buys are going to look at the first round and be like, "Well, we want to, we want to host one of these games." Like, like it's so much of an advantage. I mean, it's right. it's an actual like playoff game, like direct implications to the national championship. It'll be the biggest home game that almost all of these programs have ever had when, when they're like the five seed hosting the 12 or the six seed hosting the 11. And if you're the four seed and all of a sudden you've got to play the, go play the five seed on a neutral field in New Orleans or whatever in the quarterfinals, you kind of feel like you're getting screwed a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if you had, if you had the choice between having home field advantage or a first-round bye, I don't think... Yeah, you I, may. I think it's closer than a lot of people would think. I, I don't know which avenue I would fall on, but I mean... I mean, we've seen some pretty raucous environments in college football. I mean, they have a very real impact on the game sometimes. I mean, just imagine, I'm trying to think of, like, watching the FCS playoffs this year. I was like, damn, this is incredible. Like, I, I wish they would play. Like, I, In my ideal world, it would be all of the games up until the championship are campus sites, and the championship is just Rose Bowl every year. Pasadena just play it there. I agree there. I would love to see the Rose Bowl be the championship make site it every year. But if, if Louisville does make the CFP next season, I hope that their draw puts them in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I want that so badly. Can you imagine LSU? The valley shaking. You know, They have the whole story about magnitude, whatever earthquake from the stadium when they had a touch. Imagine LSU next year is like the sixth seed hosting 11th seeded Michigan. Let's say they take a step back. Like That's an unreal environment. Like The fans are going nuts. They've been tailgating all day. If you're watching that as a you know a, a, an Alabama team that has a bye 
as the three seed, and you need to go play in the Fiesta Bowl the next week. It's what like, if it's the 12 seed and the, it's that poor group of five team? Which that, that that's going to happen a few times where it's like the five <laughs> seed is pretty damn good and the 12 seeds, yeah, it's, it's like Liberty this year. Like, I, I feel like you're going to get that game, but the other games should all be fantastic. And you know, they're doing it next year where December 20th and the 21st are going to be the, <clears throat> the, the four first round games that'll be at campus sites. They're gonna have to compete with the NFL a little bit, which they're trying to shy away from. But it's not really like you can't just do it all the time. Yeah, the I mean quarter, they have to at this point. You have to. The, the, the quarterfinals you're gonna have one on New Year's Eve. It'll be the Fiesta Bowl, and then three on New Year's Day: the Peach, the Rose, and the Sugar. Semifinals will be the Orange Bowl and the Cotton Bowl on January 9th and 10th. They're splitting those up, which I think is smart. And the, the championship game next year will be January 20th in Atlanta. But imagine, like, we're talking about it for the advantage for the home team and all that stuff. But imagine the travel if you're a fan that wants to go to these. Like okay, let's, let's say the 11 seed makes a miraculous run. You've got to go to a campus site week for one week. The next week you're going to the, the the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. The next week you're going to the Orange Bowl in Miami, other part of the country, and then you're going to Atlanta ten days after that. Like that's it, it, nobody can do that. That's insane. Yeah. It's a hell of a road trip though. <laughs> if you got the means, it'd be a lot of fun. But uh, I think not the the average fan just cannot. Cannot make that happen. They'd have to pick and choose, absolutely. Texture says, uh, sorry for the long text. As far as the hiring Chris Beard thing goes, how many coaches, presidents, and ADs have we gone through since Patino and we're still labeled as some disgusting and immoral program? We could get Tony Bennett as a coach and we would still have that stigma. We just hear things like, how can somebody like Tony Bennett go to a program like UofL? Doesn't he know what kind of place that is or something similar? I'm not advocating for Beard. By all accounts, he seems like a trash person but he can coach and win games. At the end of the day, people have made up their minds about us for the foreseeable future and are going to say what they're going to say. At least under Beard, we'd probably win and actually enjoy basketball again. I do think that if Kenny Payne were winning, you'd have a lot of people talking about, like, he's he's cleaned it up, like, he's a, he's a good guy, he's got this sterling reputation. Yeah. But instead, it's almost been, like, the national and, and, and most national writers, I, I feel like, are very aware of what's going on, and they're like, this guy just he doesn't know what he's doing. But we hear from the broadcasters all the time where it's like, he's a great guy, he's doing things the right way, and the fans hate him. Like, just like mm-hmm. we're sort of labeled now as the the renegade portion of the program because we're like, hey, nine and thirty seven isn't is is not good. I'm mad about this. And like, how can you be mad about that? You had Rick Pitino cheating. You had Chris Mack and Dino Gaudio and the FBI thing. And God forbid somebody comes in here and not get you embarrassed off the court. And we're like, you know, we're Louisville. We kind of want both. Like, the, not getting embarrassed off the court is cool. But look, again, I, I'll use myself as an example. I think I could keep us out of trouble off the court. I'm not sure I could win at a high level. I should not be the. They're Louisville. already not winning at a high I, level I right should, now. I should so, not I mean. be the Louisville men's <laughs> basketball head coach. I'm not qualified for that job. You have to be able to do both things. We're paying him a lot of money, not just to keep our names out of negative headlines when it comes to scandals. We're paying him a lot of money to do that and to win basketball games. It's almost like Corey Alexander went to, went into that game against Virginia. Like, you know what? I'm, this is going to be my talking point, and I'm going to hammer it home the entire damn game. I think that's what Corey Alexander does for every game. That's There's like true. one modicum of research, and he's like, this is what I've got. Let's go back to it. Let's make it happen. Let's take our last break. When we come back, we'll get through as many texts as we can, and then we'll preview the night ahead in the world of sports, post-football, post-college football at least. Yeah. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here in the Big X.
Matt Dennison here inviting you to join me weekdays at 11 a.m. for the Hoosier Report. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers, interviews with prominent figures in Kentuckiana sports, and discussion of other sports topics important to Southern Indiana. That's the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, weekdays at 11 a.m. on the home for the Hoosiers, 1450 WXVW. Until about 10 years ago, for any electrical work I needed at my house, I was always calling a different electrician, sometimes for the same job. Things weren't done right and they weren't done on time, but for the last 10 years, Allen Electrical has been the only one I call. The work is unparalleled, it's prompt, the team's the epitome of professionalism. <laughs> you know, when I see an Allen Electrical truck in a neighbor's driveway, I kind of smile because I know they're getting the best. Allen Electrical, your electrician for life. Visit allenelectrical.com. They'll never leave you in the dark. Check out Thornton's all-new Southern Style Biscuits, the perfect complement to your morning breakfast sandwich. You will love the buttery goodness that will wake up your taste buds in the morning. Come on in and grab a breakfast sandwich today. Looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction? Well, right now, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Hey, I love salsaritas. Why? Flame-grilled meats, house-made chips, fresh-made salsas. For fast takeout, office catering, or your summer celebration, try salsaritas. Visit them at St. Matthews or in Middletown, or order online for special offers. We know to contact Indiana 811 at least two working days before every dig. Contact Indiana 811 and White Line before every project. Learn more at 811.safedigindiana.com. Sponsored by the Indiana Utility Regulatory Commission and aired by this station. Overdraft fees? More like no overdraft fees. With a simple access checking account from Republic Bank, you don't have to worry about overdraft fees because there are none. But there's more. Simple access checking may allow you to access your direct deposit up to two business days early and gives you the convenience of a Republic Bank MasterCard debit card. Learn more at republicbank.com slash simple. It's just easier here. Member FDIC. Are you and your family in the market for a new fence? Then look no further than EAC Fence. Proudly serving over 29 counties in Kentucky and Southern Indiana, we guarantee each customer will receive high quality workmanship and competitive pricing. Whether you want privacy, protection, call EAC Fence, at 812-984-3014 or visit eacfence.com. The plumbers, pipe fitters, welders, and HVAC technicians of Local 502's commitment to excellence can be seen in our community every day. The KFC Yum Center, Ford Motor Company, and the Omni Hotel are just a few examples of their professional craftsmanship. Local 502 has been part of our community for over a century and invests over $1 million annually training skilled local workers. Members of Local 502 are your friends, neighbors, and children's coaches. For more information, go to lu502.com. Local 502, built on excellence, building a better tomorrow. 
Paul's Alignment and Break, the auto repair shop you can trust. We've been here since 1982, servicing and repairing vehicles to keep you on the road and safe. We offer services for all makes and models. We also offer fleet services, free brake and AC inspections, and for a limited time, we're offering a free 42-point inspection. We have the best price on alignments in the area. Located at 1006 Applegate Lane in Clarksville, Indiana, eight minutes from downtown Louisville. Final segment here of the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. A buddy of mine just sent in, like, he's like, here's your coaching bracket. First of all, I said 356 contenders, not just 16. But he's got a coaching <laughs> tournament. He's got Scott Drew as the one seed taking on Scott Davenport as the 16 seed. Ooh. Nate Oates is the eight. It's a Nate Oates-Mick Cronin 8-9 battle. Mm. Dusty May is the four versus Pat Kelsey as the 13. Jerome Tang as the five versus Chris Holtman as the 12. Ooh. Eric Musselman as the six versus Wes Miller as the 11. Bruce Pearl as the three versus Kevin Willard as the 14. Willard's already said he has no interest in the job. True. Shaka Smart as the seven versus Steve Forbes as the 10. And Chris Beard as the two versus Mark Pope as the 15. Shaka as a seven. Ooh, that's Shaka, underseated. I feel like you know, there's always a 7-2 upset. I feel like Shaka 7-2 upset right there over mm-hmm. Chris Beard would, oh, be, yeah. would be classic. Um, yeah. The issue with the issue with hiring either – there are two names that, that stick out as, as realistic candidates. I told you this is where it's going to go back. This show always just comes I to – every single this is Wishful be, thinking. Every radio show for the next two months is going to be where the last month has been. There are two candidates where I feel like if you hire them, you're doing it for a, a small period of time before their dream job opens and they bounce. If you hire Dusty May, you've got to know if Indiana comes open and they want him. He's going. He's going. Yeah. If you hire Wes Miller, you've got to know if North Carolina opens up and they want him. He's going, and I think West Miller West is doing a great job at Cincinnati. He's a can't miss guy. I feel like if you brought Do you him think here, Hubert Davis, they kick him to the curb though. I, I, right now, no, because they're having what they think is a is a good year. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that you kind of, if this season falls off a cliff, which I don't think it's going to, I think they'll be good enough to be a top five seed in the NCAA tournament. When yeah, all said, they're number done. eight in the Ken Bomb right now. Like, they, they're good. They are. They, 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 I'm not. Big on them long term, but I think that they like they'll they'll have the same the type of season that you expected them to have last year maybe. Yeah. But if they did fall off a cliff, or let's say that they they end up getting like a three or a four seed that gets beaten the first round, you start you start wondering like is this a Kevin Ollie situation? Like you had one mm-hmm. run as an eight seed and you haven't done anything since then. First team ever to be preseason top uh, n- number one in the AP poll and not make the NCAA tournament. Like what can this guy really do? Like I think there's he's put to bed a lot of the the worries so far in this first uh, two months of the season. But if they start tanking in the second half of conference play, I don't think he's that safe. And when, whenever he's gone, if it's today, five years from now, ten years from now, Wes has kind of been the, the guy who's been tabbed as the heir apparent, especially if he keeps doing a good job, which he's doing right now at Cincinnati. They just beat BYU. He's having a good year. They don't have a whole lot of talent. He's getting the most out of them. I think he'd win here, but you you know, you run the risk. you got to know if that job opens up. He's going somewhere in your conference. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line. We'll run through as many of these texts as we can, and then we'll talk about some of the games ahead tonight in the world of sports. Again, as we move on past college football, still several weeks of the NFL left. That'll be fun. Um, but college basketball starting to take hold of the world. Pitchers and catchers reporting yes. <laughs> tomorrow. No, it's, it's still like a month and a half away. NBA and NHL still going. Still, still some stuff to be excited about, but certainly sad to see 
college football go. Texas, my way too early outlook on the 2024 season is this. We have to set ourselves up to have a floor of last year's level of play. We do have a tougher schedule, so it may not necessarily translate to the same record. I do worry about quarterback depth. I think that Chuck has more talent than Plummer when healthy, but if he goes down, I worry we don't really have a second great option. I mean, th- this is a this is a Tibbs situation, trust and Brom situation, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to assume that he wouldn't. He knows Tyler Shuck is injury prone. He wouldn't go out and get this guy if he didn't feel like they were going to have a second string quarterback who could win at a high level next year. Now, if we come out next year and the depth chart is like Evan Conley at two, if he sticks around, then I think you're like, okay, like is this this is this is a little bit concerning. But I feel like you know he's seen guys like Brady Allen, Pierce Clarkson, Harrison Bailey, uh, and now he'll start seeing Deuce Adams here pretty soon every day in practice. He knows what they're capable of. Hopefully, they've developed some over the course of the last few months, and they've got nine full months to get ready for next year. Out of that group, you want to, and you assume you're going to have at least one guy who's like, okay, he's good enough. Like if something happens to Shuck. He can win us ten games in the ACC, you know, or not ten games in the ACC, ten games overall. Say, if something happens to Shuck in, in, <laughs> in the first game of the year or something like that, so I'm trusting in Jeff in that situation. If it does wind up being a, a deal where Shuck gets hurt and we just don't have a good quarterback, it's kind of it's on the coaching staff. Yeah, and it was there were some segments this year when you when we saw that Plummer was struggling, and and even though we knew that Braun was going to stick with Plummer for the season because that's his guy. Mm-hmm. It did at some points kind of raise the conversation with like, okay, we've seen that Plummer is kind of going through a rough patch right now. Why isn't Brom kind of bringing someone off the bench to try and give the offense a spark, especially in that three-game losing streak? When it's, it, well, not the three-game losing, the final two games where the offense really kind of fell off the cliff. Yeah, and you're starting to wonder, okay, why isn't someone else getting some run right now to see what see what they can do so that the offense can kind of get going. Since we didn't see that, then that raises the conversation of like, okay, they're if they're not getting put in in place of Plummer, then in a way that almost insinuates that Brom didn't really trust them to be able to provide a spark. Yeah, which that kind of comes back onto the coaching staff because even though there are an influx of quarterbacks on the roster, you don't you're almost showing with your inaction in pulling Plummer that you don't have a ton of faith in any of them. For sure. I think that was very much the situation. And, you know, hopefully, if it was, as I think it was the case with some of these guys, uh, like, Jeff's got a really intricate offense. Like, you've Mm -hmm. got, there's a lot of stuff that you have to, there's a lot of moving parts. I, I think if it was, if their reluctance was to throw out a guy out there that just didn't have a full grasp of the offense, then you have to hope that with a full off, a second full off season, that that's not an issue next fall. Like it shouldn't be. You, you've had it. Right. If if you, if Pierce Clarkson's been here for two full years, like he should know the playbook. Harrison Bailey, same thing. Brady Allen, same thing. So, if those concerns were why we only saw Jack Plummer pretty much last year, then they shouldn't be a concern next year. In theory, they shouldn't. Sure. Texas says uh, George Rogers Clark is the new coach. Well, we do need a revolutionary. Like, oh my god. <laughs> 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 you also said Wayne Gretzky is the new coach. Sure, why not? Texas says, I think I'm heavily in on Will Wade. Did he do anything truly objectionable at LSU or just the same stuff that coaches like Self and Patino got cleared of? Wade has taken McNeese from Ken Palm 335 to 88 in his first year, which is insane. I mean, I, I, I think, think you that. You can do better than Wade, though. That's the thing. 
I think Will Wade's a really good coach. I, I, as far as him doing anything that was like truly objective, yeah, he was more brazen in what he did at LSU, and I think at VCU as well than what most what the average coach is accused of doing. Most coaches right. are like the way that, and this isn't like I should say like not every coach does this. There were a lot of people who talked about, you know, Mike Bright at Notre Dame did things the right way. John Beeline at Michigan did things the right way. There are some coaches out there that Tony Bennett at Virginia. I think you mm-hmm. always hear that he's kind of is is more of a by the book guy. But a lot of other big time coaches will do what I think we saw play out when you looked at the Christian Dawkins documentary about Rick Pitino, where it's like, hey man, yeah. like he goes to the assistants and is like, I like this kid, would love to see him play for me. Make it happen. I I, I don't need to hear the details, but go make it happen. Do whatever assistants do to get that done. With Will Wade, he very much <laughs> was in the middle of all this stuff. And we know that because we've heard the phone calls where he's like, nope. he's talking about uh, Javante Smart, and he's like, we made him a strong-ass offer. It's a bet- I've made like lower offers to better players, like all this stuff. He's, uh, they asked him about the uh, boss of Copa Vica, who we were involved with, ended up going to Florida State. Um, and he's, he's like, all right, shut the door. We have to talk about it. He's openly being <laughs> – he knows that he's committing crimes, uh, NCAA crimes. And he's going about it. So yeah, I, I think that you've. I think Will Wade is a is is a d bag. I I, th- I think that I think that he was a brazen cheater in ways that now he can get away with. I think he's a hell of a coach. I think you have to he just is, sort of yeah. weigh all those things against each other if it does well. But I think also that he's not the only guy who's a hell of a coach who's out there who go to Louisville. I think a lot of those guys have less baggage than Will Wade does. Yeah, and and that's that's my thing. Like, it, it, would I be happy if Will Wade came here? I mean. Sure, it's better than the current situation. But like I said, you can do better. Here's a bold prediction for the two months ahead, though, when it comes to the coaching search and the fan base. Mm-hmm. I think Will Wade's star is only going to rise in the eye of Louisville fans because out of the pool of likely candidates, you got a lot of guys that look like they're going to have down years. Yeah. And at McNeese State, they're clearly the team to beat in the Southland. They're going to stockpile wins. They may go 30-2 and two this year. And he's probably going to win that conference tournament. It would not shock me if they won a game in, in the in major tournament. So if you have guys like you know Eric Musselman's having a down year at Arkansas, Nate Oates already has five losses at Alabama, um, Jerome Tang, I think kind of poised for just a whatever year in his second year at Kansas State, Mick Cronin's having a disastrous year at UCLA. And so if you're talking about all these guys that have proven track records but bad years, and it's kind of a what have you done for me lately, mm-hmm. I think Louisville fans are going to go down this list, down this list, down this list, and then be like, damn, Will Wade – not losing games at McNeese State and went eleven and two in the non-conference. Like this is, I feel like the Will Wade thing is is not going to go away because, I mean, we we did this two years ago too, where it's like we're reacting to a different coach. If if Alabama has a big win over whatever their next big game is, I know they played tonight, but it's nobody good. If if they beat somebody big, um, like this weekend, if, if they let's say that whenever they play Tennessee next week, two weeks from now, we're all going to be like, damn. Let's talk about Nate Oates, mm-hmm. and then if if you know if he loses the, the next game to Auburn, we'll be like, let's talk about Bruce Pearl. Like we we are a we are a very much a what have you done for me lately type fan base, and I think that's the way this next two months are going to go. As Rick Rutina would say, we are in a we are in a microwave society. Microwave society. Speaking of, would Rick come back? Hmm. <laughs> He's getting into fights with Danny Hurley on a regular basis. <laughs> Every time I see his antics, I'm like, God, I miss him. He's just he's, he's he's poking at UConn now. He's doing what he's got. He's got him back there in the athletic top twenty five now. They're looking good. It's not. It's not fair. It's talking about Trilly Donovan in his post. Talking about Trilly Donovan in his post game. <laughs> Texas, can we just start breaking down the film of the teams coached by our candidates in each show instead of breaking down Louisville film? Yeah, that's actually a good Honestly, idea. Yeah, that is a good idea. 
It's like we start. Somebody's tuning in from out of state. Like I wonder what Louisville fans are talking about. It's like let's start today by talking about Brad Brownell's style at Clemson. <laughs> they just beat NC State over the weekend. <sighs> not not down that bad quite yet. Texas, but we're getting there. Texas says, "Hey Matt, our fan base may not love this comp, but I see some Will Levis in Tyler Shuck's game. Would you agree?" Uh, he's not as big as Will Levis. He's but not as arm strength no, mobility. He, he's as is he as jacked he, as Will Levis is? Jacked, no. But in terms of like just base frame size, but I feel like Shuck is a lot more mobile. I mean, Will Levis could use his legs. He's a freight train, but like it's it's not like it was a strength of his. I mean, he could run the ball, but I mean, Shuck runs it at least. I'd have to check the numbers again. Shuck runs it at a higher rate than Levis did. Tyler Shuck, 6'5", 229. That's, I mean, height-wise, that's, that, that's right there with Will Levis. Will Levis, 6'4", 229. So, mm-hmm. there, I mean, and honestly, like, I, I know we, the, the guy noticed at UK because he was constantly throwing else down. You wouldn't hate having a Will Levis-type quarterback on this team next no, year, no. Uh, especially considering he looked pretty damn good as an NFL quarterback at times this year. I would take that. Yeah, Will Levis had negative 107 rushing yards in his final year at Kentucky. Well, you know. He did have 376 in 21, though. So That's fine. Probably due to the offensive line and how bad it was. Well, you know, Scott Satterfield didn't see him as a runner. Maybe he's, the stats bear that out. Maybe that's the big why. guy? <laughs> the tall guy? <laughs> Texas says, uh, we are a Dr. Doofenshmirtz villain. If you don't get that, you're old. I guess I'm old. Who's Dr. Doofenshmirtz? I think that's the villain for Phineas and Ferb. Oh, yeah. that's. I think. I don't know. Not on my radar. I could be dead ass wrong. Not on my radar. Texas says, so what were the boxer briefs that you said were comfortable? Throwing it back here. Probably. (laughs) What? I think we talked about underwear like seven months ago during the summer. And I talked about how like when I – because Trevor like still wears traditional boxers. And I'm like, you know, at a a certain age, you have to invest in comfortable underwear. Like it's worth the price. Mm -hmm. I think I started doing that like like seven, eight, nine years ago. Tommy John is what I wear. Very comfortable. But it's not the only brand I have. But it's you know, I ask for them for Christmas every year. They're they're, they're very nice. You feel you just feel good. Texas says Dusty May or bust. Mm, like 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 we said earlier. I mean, you you, I think he would do well here. But you do run the risk of him potentially jumping ship if things don't work out for Mike Woodson in Indiana. There are also boxes that he just doesn't check. I mean, we'll see. Florida Atlantic's had a weird year. They look really good against quality competition. They now lost games to Dunk City, Charlotte, and Bryant. I mean, true. You're also you're making the jump from Conference USA to the ACC. He's never been a coach at a Power Five program. He's been an assistant at a Power Five program. Do you like you know all the typical questions that you get? Can you recruit at this level? Can you handle the extra scrutiny? Can you you know coaching at Louisville is very different than coaching at FAU. No disrespect to Boca Raton, but like there are he he's a candidate for sure. I like Dusty May, but there are are questions that you cannot possibly answer until he actually does the job. Right. Texas, the amount of money in college and professional sports makes it hard to have morality stances today. When did morality in sports become such a talking point? I mean, always. It's, it's yeah. always been a talking point, but I, I agree with the first part. It's Especially when it comes to the NCA stuff. You, know, you look at – there was a, a thing on the other day about the Marcus Camby scandal at UMass, and he took like <laughs> – they were talking about – it was like it was like 1800 bucks that got UMass's Final Four That's ticket. It? Yeah, it's it not a lot of – even the Chris Webber thing back in the day is – is Penny's talking compared to what we're talking about today? It's just it's hard to get up in arms about some of the things that take place. Right. 
Texture says, Mike, you said it perfectly. Thank you. I texted my group <laughs> chat last night. I said, Scott Drew and Tony Bennett are the only home run hires. Shaka Smart, Nate Oates, Mick Cronin, those guys are good hires and have some good qualities, but we will definitely have to wait and see on some other qualities. It's There's a 95% chance that whoever we hire is going to be somebody that we have to kind of talk ourselves into. Yeah. They're going to have to do, like, they're going to have to sell themselves a little bit in those first months that they have the job. They're going to have to talk about. Tell us what we want to hear. I think we've said that to Kenny Payne a lot of times, where it's like, just lie to us at times. Like, tell us you're going to play fast. Tell us we're going to be the best defensive team in the country. Tell us we're going to recruit the types of guys that we're going to be proud of. We're going to get dogs in the port. Like, do all that song and dance. Go nuts. Project uh, that we're going to beat Kentucky next year. Like, give us what we want. We've been desperate for it for a long time. But, like, it's going to be somebody that we're still like, yeah, you know, good hire, but not exactly a can't miss. We know he's going to win here. This could go could go south at some point but like you know given the position we're in i, I think whoever you're bringing you're you're, you're like well you know you know the thing about rock bottom t- yeah <laughs> worst case scenario we're still better than we've been these last couple of years the bar's never been lower it's why yeah. i think louisville's such an attractive job right now i, I get that there are problems i get that it's a dumpster fire i get that, that you have to win the fan base back but my god if you if, if a year from now a first-year coach has Louisville in the top 25 and headed towards the NCAA. Like, he's God in the city. Mm-hmm. If we're number 23 in the country with four losses at this point, January 9th, 2025, that person could run for mayor and win in a landslide. He, we'll name him even if he doesn't win the rest of the year. We're like, you know what? Derby parade, you're, you're the grand marshal. You get to call riders up at the derby. You get to do both those things. <laughs> like, it's, it's never been easier to be a hero as the Louisville men's basketball coach than it is right now. Texas, I've heard nothing about Kelvin Sampson of Houston and and would love to have him here any chance. We get a text every single day from somebody who's like, why is nobody talking about Kelvin Sampson? Because isn't he up there in age? He's up there in age. He's not. I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere. But it does – I always have to give the caveat. If you got Kelvin Sampson, yes, that's a home run hire. Would love to have him. His NCAA stuff is so laughable at this point. He's done remarkable work at Houston. He's His teams play a fantastic style. They're, they're very defensive-oriented. Like, he would – He'd kill it here, but yeah. he, and it, even if it was just for like six, seven, eight years, I don't care. You, you would you hire Kelvin Sampson if you can. Texas legally, if the NCAA allows Michigan to keep a title in a year, they were caught cheating and had a head coach suspended six games. How does Louisville get one taken away when we had cheap strippers off the court who didn't even get us recruits? Probably scared them away. Honestly, the point we made at the very beginning yeah, of the show. Very good point. And, and and plus, like that investigation is still kind of ongoing. There's no like end in sight. Whereas like the Louisville stuff is already done and dusted and that's already taken care of we we don't know where the michigan stuff is going to go or where right where that's going to lead texas i haven't heard bait beeline mentioned or current nba assistants any thoughts beeline might work as a transition type coach to write the ship i'd love john beeline i, I, don't, I, don't, I think that he's out of i don't think he's going to be head coach anytime soon no current nba assistants are a tough sell because we just kind of went through this yeah i think you need somebody who does not remind you of kenny Payne. it's just it's the way it is you know when you have a a bad sports breakup you want a coach with the qualities that are kind of the antithesis of what you just walked away from or what just walked away from you and i mean if we hired like like west Unsell jr you know somebody somebody like that it's like eh, it's kind of kind of reminds you kenny Payne a little too much new little men's head coach penny kane penny, we, we, we don't want that <laughs> texas why are we trying to be the moral police get us the best basketball coach period they all have dirty laundry this is the conversation that we're having this is this is i think that most Louisville fans are Kind of in that boat. Yeah, I get it. Texas, I'd like to add a couple of names to the list. Coach Lane and Coach Volts over at Stouffer Elementary are doing big things with the fourth grade team. Get him in the 356 uh, coach tournament. 
I know he's not doing big things. David Paget over at Lowell Elementary getting beat fifty-four to one in his first game. Oof, knocking him down the interim list. <laughs> you want to know what? Like, why really? People had to pull away from the, the last second from interim. It was that fifty-four to one loss. They were like, we can't have this. David, no, David's done. Texas Pro Football Focus has U of L at fourteenth in their early rankings. Really, Pro Football Focus even better than the Athletic. More trusted, more pro, more focused. Best rankings out there. Papa John's. <laughs> Texter says, <laughs> Bernie Brom tweeted that it's a great day to be a Cardinal, not the typical bat signal for a commitment. Maybe some good news like Riley returning. Maybe. 601. <laughs> 6.05. <laughs> we'll talk about it tomorrow if it happens. Texas Mike, update on my text from yesterday. I found a good deal on lower bowl tickets and parking for 520. I'm doing it. I don't know when the next opportunity to witness a Lions playoff game, uh, playoff win might be. This is the person who was like, I live in northern Kentucky. I want to drive up to Detroit on Sunday for the Lions playoff game, but I've got to work Monday morning. And I said, I, I you know, it's seven hundred bucks to get in. It's I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere that this is going to be the most expensive playoff ticket this week. It is the, the get in price as of yesterday was like seven hundred one. He said he just found a lower bowl ticket for five and parking for five twenty. So he's doing it. Damn, God bless. And it's late kickoff, eight fifteen kickoff. Like you're not getting home to like I don't know how far it is from Northern Kentucky to, to Detroit, but. You're not getting home till like the wee hours of the morning, and then you got to work. Not the, look, more power to you. Godspeed. Bring home a victory. Let's get it done. Texas says perhaps Tyler needs to go to the bone zone for bone care. Yeah, yeah. Erections unlimited. Bring them out. Make them. <laughs> That's a hell of an nil deal right there. I mean, there is a company in Louisville that is Erections Unlimited. It led to me like we had a whole show, one of the summer shows, saying they need the naming rights to the stadium. The crunt zone becomes the bone zone. <laughs> Like it, it's, it's perfect. And Tyler Shuck could definitely be a, a <laughs> bone tone advocate. It's even better than the plumber thing. And Tex- Louisville stuffs them on third down. Texas is all of this keeping us out of trouble talk. Are we even sure that we won't get in trouble for Karan Davis? Because what the hell was that about still? That's a good point. I mean, at, at this point, I mean, was Karan Davis even real? Can we get in, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he wasn't real. I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't exist. I wouldn't be shocked if he got us on probation for another five years somehow. I who knows? I wouldn't be shocked if he came from the ceiling during the regular season finale and led them to a win. <laughs> Bring him out for the second Virginia game. Why not? Mm-hmm. Texas, a buddy of mine asked me, would I say over or under Louisville wins 11 and a half games? And I said, buddy, I'll go lower than that. I'll say under nine and a half, maybe eight and a half. For we're football not- or basketball? Basketball. <laughs> At this point, I mean... We're not winning 11 and a half games. We're not winning 12 games to take the over on that bet. We're, we're what? We're five and nine right now. We've got 17 conference games left. You're telling me we would have to go seven and, and, and what? Seven and 10 to end the season to get over 11 and a half? We're not doing that. I believe. Yeah, I think that's, I think the math checks out there. It's not happening. Texas, do you think the expanded college football playoff will hurt the popularity of the basketball season even more since it will go into late January? I don't think it changes anything. No, I don't think it. The only thing that you even have to think about it is if it competes with the NFL in the playoffs. Right. And that's really it. As somebody who, again, like wrote about college basketball every year nationally up until two years ago, like I was kind of always kind of shocked at just how little. Like I felt like we would do great work covering the sport. People, like the editors wanted college basketball stuff. In November, when it first started, the kickoff and then the the Champions Classic and the, the coverage of all the Thanksgiving tournaments, and then December and January, they, they just weren't talking to you. Mm-hmm. After the Super Bowl, I would never, I'll never forget. Like every year after the Super Bowl, the editors are like, "All right, what's going on in college basketball? What do you got for me?" Like that's when it really ramps up, and then it's basically like, like the the most traffic days on SBNation.com every single year 
were Selection Sunday, and then the most traffic day was always the day after Selection Sunday because everyone's filling out a bracket. Everyone wants bracket tips. Everyone wants to hear about the NCAA tournament. But the sport itself is just like I hate it as a college basketball guy. It's a one month sport nationally. It just mm-hmm. it just is. And the college football playoff going an extra couple of weeks, I don't think will will really change that. Maybe a little bit, but not not that much. Texas Jay Wright's not in the bracket. He's not. He's done. Texas, what about Billy Donovan? Got to make him say no. Got to make him say no. Texas, Will Wade is one of the is doing one of the best coaching jobs in the country at McNeese. His baggage is now legal, and we wouldn't break the bank. I'm telling you, the the Will Wade stuff will only pick up amongst the fan base over the next I know, two months. I know. Texas says, um, did Mike accidentally confirm that David was going to be the interim before the plug got pulled? Just saying, he's the breaking case of glass guy. I'm not saying anything definitive. <laughs> Just saying, he was a candidate for sure. Why wouldn't he be a candidate? Texas, that guy in the stands was a crisis actor pretending to be Karan Davis. <laughs> Texas, the bone go the bone zone gets club uh, club lick and Clemson to jump premature probably will cost them from scoring here. Would love the bone zone to be a real thing. You must try saying that five times fast. Yeah, uh, I'm not reading these. Not reading that. That's when we, we can we can close the book on the text line at that point. We've got college basketball tonight. Uh, we got some ACC games. We got some top twenty five games. SEC Tuesday is back. Uh, not a a real. I think there's only one game featuring multiple top 25 teams. It is 9 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. A terrible timing for the Big 12 here. But number 18, BYU, coming off its first member as a big game as a member of the Big 12, losing to Cincinnati on the road, taking on potential next Louisville head coach, Scott Drew and Baylor. Uh, Baylor is a four-and-a-half-point home favorite, number 14, hosting number 18. Matt McGavick, who do you like in this one? Who wins? Who covers? BYU at Baylor. What's the spread again? Four and a half Four in half. favor of the Bears. I'm going to say, you know what? I'll, I'll do the upset special. I think BYU wins outright. B- I mean, the metrics love BYU. They, they love what they're doing right now. I think I'm going to say Baylor wins, but BYU covers. I'm going to say Baylor wins by like three. I'll go with the, the time-tested. I mean, look, Waco, it's, a, it's like a 7,500-seat arena. It's kind of a tough place to play just because it's so small. We've got a bigger arena. I don't know if you knew that, Scott. Much bigger. Much bigger here. Much bigger. I sound like Trump right there. I don't know if you knew that. Much bigger. Huge. Much, it's huge. It's huge. It's wonderful. Uh, last game real quickly. Houston at Iowa State, 7 o'clock on ESPN2. Houston, uh, unbeaten, last unbeaten team in the country. Hilton Magic, they live for these moments. Who wins? Oh, Houston on a landslide. Iowa State pulls the upset. Hilton Magic <laughs> happens. Matt McGavick, thanks so much for spending some time with us. We love you on the show. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Back here at 3 o'clock. Have a fantastic Tuesday night. Go Cards. Thank you.